Buck Show. It's uncut, it's unfiltered. This is the show of shows. This is the biggest names in drag racing. No holds barred. Speaking his mind. I've never had a problem expressing my opinions, but what we're doing here is bigger than that. These are conversations that need to be had in an unfiltered way. Exploring hot topics. Drag racing's all I've ever done. It's all I care to do. And spreading the gospel of drag racing. I respect the history. I appreciate how far we've come, but I want more for this sport, and I'll fight for it. This is the great American motorsport, drag racing. The West Buck Show starts in three, two, one. Good afternoon, gang. It is Wednesday, September 22nd, 2013, live from the Drag Illustrated Studios in Fort Worth, Texas. It's the West Buck Show, and we're live right now. First and foremost, wherever you guys are checking in from, I, I have to say this every week. I think it's super important. I really, really, really do. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart, uh, our whole team here at Drag Illustrated, I can't tell you how much we appreciate that you choose to spend your afternoon, your Wednesday afternoon with us right here talking about drag racing, doing what we believe is the Lord's work, spreading the gospel of drag racing, getting people talking Hallelujah. about this stuff, right? I mean, it's one of those things where personally, all the excitement and enthusiasm, it would seem oftentimes like fades on Saturday night or Sunday night, like the, the last pair shoots blossom. The, the smoke clears, and everybody kind of goes their merry way. But I tell you what, it's our job, it's our duty to keep talking, to keep the sport of drag racing stirred up and fired up through the week. So thank you so much, whether you're joining us on YouTube, Facebook, listening to the podcast after the fact, from the bottom of my heart, seriously, thank you so much for being a part of this. And remember, click like, click share, help us spread the message. If you got it in your email inbox, forward it to somebody, right? If um, you're, you're listening on YouTube, send the link to a friend, anybody that you think might uh, care a little bit about what's going on in the world of drag racing. We've got a hell of a show for you today. I think it's going to be absolutely bonkers. Today's show, we've got Tommy Franklin, PDRA Pro Nitrous superstar that's going to check in with us. He took the win at this past weekend's Shakedown Nationals at Virginia Motorsports Park. We're going to hear from Dave Schroeder, the winner of Hot Rod Drag Week's Unlimited category in his brand new Pro Mod Style C7 Corvette. We're also going to check in with Kid Chaos himself, Kyle Koreski, the winner of the NHRA Carolina Nationals and NHRA Pro Stock, scoring his family's first ever Pro Stock Wally. It's crazy, Huge. right? Awesome. Yeah, it is. That's man. a crazy stat. That is a crazy stat, man. Huge weekend for the sport of drag racing. Huge weekend for Kyle Koretsky. And uh, I tell you what, I can't wait to chat with these guys, but I'm even more excited, or at least equally excited, to chat with my partners in crime, the, the homies here, the boys from the hood, my partners in crime, <laughs> Drag Illustrated's own, Mike Carpenter, Murder Tundra. What's cracking, fellas? What's, What's up, up, guys? It was weird. I'm not used to seeing myself small during the middle there. Was that a production or during the intro there, JT? Was that like uh, something yeah, that yeah, you yeah. decided to just yeah, throw he on just, me? Yeah, <laughs> overruled that switching one. it up, man. Yeah, we were talking about doing some things to keep it fresh, and I well, think uh, JT got started earlier. Yeah, clearly right? he did. I'm actually doing my due diligence, as I tell everyone every week. I'm sharing this on all my own personal pages. I don't just tell y'all to do it. I do it my freaking self, man. I think I uh, it's it. important. Mike, did you do it? I did it. And I'm glad I got it done. See, Normally, I just chill over I here because because I'm not it. on at okay, first. Good. So don't, I'm glad. Don't lie to me, man. With JT working the uh, the controls, you've got to always be ready. He will throw you That's on right. here at any I'm moment. A care you know what? This share. is exciting. This is nice when you're like the administrator on 20 different Facebook pages. You could really you get aggressive. Everything. You could Spam share it to everything. <laughs> like we could uh, really get. I could probably get myself in like a a, a real problem here quickly because there's a plenty of pages that they probably yeah, click the wrong one. Click the wrong one, and they're probably like, "Hey, man, um." 
shared to your church deal, page. Noticed that uh, you, you shared this live drag racing show on, yeah, something completely unrelated. But I'm actually, uh, for the longest time, I was administrator on a local Mexican restaurant's Facebook page. I have no idea how this came to be, but uh, I was like the admin on their page for months and months and months. And I would get like a notification every time somebody sent them a pay or sent them a message and Thought, if you man, go there, I, that's like a punch card. If you go there enough and order order enough margaritas, they make you an admin on the Facebook page just to see. That's not true. Stuff. That's not true. Trust JT me. JT would know. Murder Tundra <laughs> would know. Murder Tundra would this know. One particular place. Tell one, one, one time they locked the door place. and let me stay in there like two a.m. partying. Are you serious? <laughs> you remember that? No, when I wasn't I, there. I had there. That, was I? Had I? a cheese party. Yeah, a couple oh, about yes, two years ago. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just they just whipped out the ashtrays. They're like, "Hey, you can smoke in here. You can do whatever." That's hilarious. <laughs> it was. Did they know who you are, or did they oh, find yeah, that out yeah. later as a mistake? Because it seems they, like they a know. real liability. Yeah. It seems like a real issue. I'm not giving you the keys to the rental car. I'm not uh, giving you the keys to anything. <laughs> I mean, I know you mean well, but there's a high I, I likelihood do. the building's going to get burnt down, or at the bare minimum, somebody's going to barrel roll something. I don't I know make, that I've I ever make, met. I make horrible like, decisions late at night. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And well, you're still there early morning. You're still there the next morning either. when they come in to clean up for the I lunch truly, crew. Truly don't know anyone who has used the phrase to describe their life or a situation they're dealing with. Uh, barrel rolled more than murder tundra. Literally. It, it, it's, it's happened. Yeah. There was a kid. This past uh, weekend, I was at a right? golf tournament. Yeah. There was a kid at a, at a golf tournament. <laughs> yeah. He was sitting next to me after we partied all night. And he goes, what's that smell, man? I looked at him and I go, life. <laughs> you know because it's just like the, we're all hung over uh, <laughs> life life oh it's hey yeah. man uh it's hard to argue to be honest okay i think i've got this shared to like i'm actually getting hot on this sharing it to groups have you guys done that um like well, there's some great groups out there mark Beatty has a great group on facebook we love the race yeah. yep. um who else there's another one my all my buddies that run uh, that drag racing video game the uh, oh, yeah. no limit drag racing 2.0 there's a ton of killer groups in that deal it's kind of it's actually kind of amazing that there's a whole like community of people i'm in a drag race every monday and wednesday night like shout out to the guys at no limit drag racing 2.0 i'm really hoping to bring zach smith and the gang on as sponsors of the show but um i'm like a real believer of that deal they've done an incredible job with that video game i need to get you guys in it because it's fun it takes like not even an hour you know you everybody meets up on facebook and you qualify at seven o'clock, you send in like a screen grab of your best run. Uh, he sets a qualifying order and you have a drag race and it's all like factory shootout cars. Yeah, I so definitely it's need like, to get in it. It's my fear is I'm just going to, I'll be obsessed with it. No, I know. You right? know what I mean? Yeah, I'm like yeah, keeping myself so away from it. Yeah. Dude, they do look, such a good job with it. Look, like look, they look, have look real this. rules and everything, man. Yeah, look, look at look, this. Look yeah, this. We need to talk about this. West Buck, you guys are here talking racing. Meanwhile, Nate Van Wagen is off posting photos of boats in Cancun. Man, must be nice to be king. Must be nice, dude. Man, man we nice. never get a vacation around here. Yeah, JT is, de is vacation deprived. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> wait, what? All <laughs> you live on vacation, man. I've literally never met anyone. I'm trying to just find random groups to share this to. I guess I'll give up. Um, I skipped a couple years, so I'm show. trying to make up for it. Well, you did. Oh, I guess you you kind of pulled back a little while, but man, you've been going all in with your vacationing here in 2021. You're making up for lost time for sure, dude. Yeah, but I'm actually been for a while, bro. I'm genuinely happy for for Nate, man. Nate's <laughs> never been to yeah, Mexico. Shout out to Nate, man. Enjoy um, it. Yeah, dude. Uh, I, I'm a I'm the boss that is happy to see my guys go on vacation. To be honest, like it makes me feel good. 
um, that we've created an environment that allows that type of thing to happen. Um, I'm glad they can afford to do it. You know what I mean? I'm glad of all these things. It makes me feel really good. And I just hope he works his ever loving ass off for us as the editor in chief of the magazine. He goes to every PDRA race. He goes to the Northeast Outlaw Pro Mod events. He goes to drag races across the country. And I, I'm genuinely excited to see him take his wife and go on a vacation and spend some time. His wife you know, does some air squats while he's back. there. Oh, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. You can't go to Mexico and not drink uh, at a fairly high level. Like it, it's <laughs> yeah. virtually impossible. It's I don't know that there's it's. Yeah, I think it's required, unfortunately, or fortunately, however you look at it. I mean, it's it's fortunately. I think it's yeah. fortunately, man. I mean, that's part of the reason you're going right. All inclusive. For oh, sure, dude, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Again, I want to remind everybody in the comments, your engagement and your involvement in this show, I'm telling you, makes all the difference in the world. Like, I don't mean to put words in the mouths of Mike Carpenter, Murder Tundra here, but your comments and your engagement, it's like oxygen to us. I mean, truly, when, we, when we're doing this show and we're seeing people say smart stuff, things that we hadn't thought about, things that interesting perspective, that's one of the things that I've been blown away. You hear people boo-hoo all the time about like comments on social media or on YouTube specifically. We're, I guess we're blessed, man. I we mean, like we, the smart stuff and the smart ass stuff. Yeah, bring, I mean, it, bring I, it all. We will I take like both it, of man. It. I'm blown away because sometimes I'll be scrolling, scrolling through the comments on YouTube and I'm like, man, that is a like really, really good observation. <laughs> so please, all you guys uh, checking this thing out, Wes needs to be on the left. LOL. Great show, guys. I think that's great. I, I they're, really, that they're really yeah, blown that out that you're that you're on the right. It's boom. freaking me out boom. a little boom. bit, man. Boom. Look at that. Yo, yo, I'm dizzy. Listen, guys, I seriously, let me know where you're checking in from. Where are you headed this weekend? Are you going to a race this weekend? Are you racing your car this weekend? Throw it in the comments. Let us know where you're headed to. Your engagement makes a lot of difference in how Facebook treats our programming, how YouTube treats our programming. So please do your part to help get this message in front of as many people as we can. I'm going to say it one last time. If you haven't clicked share, I ask you to please click share right now, spread the word, help us bring drag racing to as many people as we possibly can. And I guess murder tundra let's, uh, let's get into this week's big questions. I had my, uh, gosh, darn it. I had my music all queued up. I was ready to rock. Wait, I've got it. I think I've got it again. Let's dive into this week's big questions. JT, are you going to play the video or am I, you do it? One, two, three, go. How about that, man? man? Look at that. This week's big questions presented by our friends at Elite HP, Woo. brand new sponsor of the West Buck Show. Remember, everyone, all my friends and racers out there, the West Buck Show is brought to you by our friends at Elite HP, the world leader in used race cars, racing engines, parts, and tools located in Fort Worth, Texas, right here in our own backyard. Elite HP is operated by real racers who speak the tribal language of motorsports and can help guide you, not only sell you something, but tell you what you need. So if you're looking for a hot rod, an engine, parts, tools, anything like that, log on to EliteHP.com and tell them your friends at the West Buck Show sent you guys. You guys, uh, you guys hung me out on the applause. Oh, we were we're no, I, I did a kind of, you know, it was really yeah, oh, it was like, yeah. A, okay, yeah. like a broken yeah. kazoo or something. Oh, yeah. I yeah. get it. You guys screwed up. Shocking. Shocking. <sighs> Really terrified. Real quick, um, while we get to going, I'm just going to hammer the old sponsors, man. JT, throw up the ticker. Throw up, uh, remind the world that uh, this show, in many ways, is brought to you in large part 
by our friends at Stroud Safety, man. Presenting the racing news sticker there at the bottom of the screen, supporting your friends here on the Drag Illustrated Facebook page, Drag Illustrated YouTube channel in a big, big, big way, man. Remember that each and every episode of the show is made possible by way of our friends at Stroud Safety. If you are in the market for quality racing safety equipment from drag shoots to fire gloves to window nets to ballistic blankets, and you want to buy made in, the Mer made in America products, 100% made in America products, log on to stroudsafety.com and make sure you tell them we told you so. So guys, let's get into uh, this week's big questions. Uh, I, I think that there's everyone in the world is waiting for us to talk about, I'm being very dramatic. Everyone in the world is waiting for us uh, to talk about one very specific thing, but I'm a good news kind of guy right? I'm a good news kind of guy and I want to talk about something positive. And I think the, the coolest thing, it's not being talked about enough, in my opinion. I guess that's just the promoter in me. I took one of those tests where you answer like 75 different questions about how you feel on your birthday, um, all sorts of different things. And it tells you your personality type or whatever. I'm a promoter. That's my, that's my job Go title, figure. bro. Wow. Go figure, right? Um, I look back at this past weekend and we had some great racing at the NHRA Carolina Nationals, Z-Max Dragway, the Bellagio of drag strips. Shout out to our friends at Z-Max Dragway. Took great care of the homie, Mike Carpenter. Let him park up front. Unbelievable, man. Really, Absolutely, really cool man. deal. Uh, and as you know, <laughs> going to those races where there's a fairly sig significant crowd, having killer parking like, parking like that is a big deal. But uh, I want to talk about these NHRA on Fox television ratings, man, uh, this I did not get the graphic done. Unfortunately, I need to flash it up on the screen, but an average of nearly 1.5 million viewers, the highest ever recorded for an NHRA broadcast on any network, right? Peaked at 2.3 million viewers, guys. I mean, we, we can talk about this, I think, for quite a while, but it, to me personally, it feels like a real incredible moment for the sport of drag racing, incredible moment for the NHRA to think about that many human beings staring at the same programming. I understand we were blessed by a, a an NFL lead in, right? I mean, you have the you have that on your on your side, but nonetheless, no matter what, they worked around it, too, you know. I mean, I think it's fantastic, man. Why yeah. aren't we talking more about this? Because it's it's a big freaking deal. When you've got a million and a half people watching a drag racing programming, that that's significant for our sport. And I just, hoorah to everybody. I know the NHRA, yep. the, the NHRA takes a beating at every turn, right? But they deserve some accolades. They deserve some kudos for this. They brought their production in-house. They, they, they hire all those people, all the TV producers, all the camera guys. All of those people are employees of the NHRA. I don't know if that's as well-known as it maybe should be. Uh, when they transitioned to their relationship with Fox from ESPN, one of the things they decided to do was bring the production of the show in-house. So from Brian Loans and Tony Pedragon, kind of like the tip of the spear, to all these other people that are involved, I'm sure, multiple camera people and production assistants and everything in between, Hoorah, guys. I mean, an incredible, awesome. incredible performance. I think the show looked great, obviously. And just those kind of viewer numbers, I mean, it's meaningful, right? Yeah, I mean, am I were, wrong? They were prepared for that, too. I actually ran into Brian Loans at dinner on Friday night, and he he mentioned the, the whole football lead-in situation and how it was basically sandwiched by NFL football, depending on what coast that, that you're on. And uh, they were sort of expecting that. So I think they brought their A game. I actually think that the racing was uh, was was pretty good. I think we saw a great race. Um, and the thing is about it, though, is that, unfortunately, this is the last time they're going to have that lead in. This right. is the last time they're going to be on Fox broadcast for the rest of the countdown, which is kind of a bummer. 
So, uh, you know, I, I don't want this to be the, the high water mark. The are going to be on FS1, is yeah, that right? Yeah, they're going to be yeah. on FS1. So they won't have that that NFL lead-in, which I think, I mean, you know, it's whatever it takes. And, and that's not the first sport, or we're not the only sport that relies on that kind of lead-in for no. ratings. So um, I don't look at it as a bad thing. I think it's smart. And the more that they can do that, the better. So I don't know how they can can uh, work with that next year. I know that uh, we had some stats that we that we put up in our in our chat earlier about how uh, next year IndyCar is going to have a significant number of their races on NBC. Um, F1 ratings are like through the roof in the U.S. on ESPN. So motorsports as a whole are uh, excelling on TV, uh, and I think I think that's also translating to drag racing. So. I think that needs to be a focus going forward and how we can keep I'm that a little bummed going. that the rest of these playoff races aren't going to be on Big Fox. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's I'm looking like, for these stats right now. I mean, we have I so much information we put together. Oh, today. my goodness. It's unbelievable. <laughs> but it's I think it's a big deal. And I, it's a little bit of a bummer that the rest of the events. I mean, I understand there's all sorts of things at play that we probably have no idea about. And that's that's fair enough. But it would be really, really cool to have seen all of these countdown races have the opportunity to, to play out in front of an audience like that, right? And I wonder, I, I would love to know a little bit about, you know, how that whole situation kind of came to be and how they decided that this race was going to be the one or this particular event. Because I'm sure, I don't know, you guys are more television uh, aficionados than I am, but maybe there was some other some reason that this whole thing kind of came to be or played out the way it did. Did Brian tell you, Loans, give you any insight, Mike, as to like, he why didn't. this was or okay no he didn't but i would just ha- i would guess that um it's it's sort of whatever fits best yeah. i don't think that they maybe even had too much of a say they it just was it worked out that way but fox they have had a lot of fox broadcast this year uh yeah. more so than usual it even surprised me to turn on the tv sometimes and see you know eliminations from one of the bigger events right there on sunday live it's uh, so that they've done a good job with that this year. I, it's been uh, more frequent, but it was sure would be nice to see more of it through the end of the year. Um, uh, here's the here's the numbers I was actually looking for. Uh, five of the last six NASCAR races are on NBC broadcast network. Uh, uh, IndyCar just released its 2022 TV schedule and 14 of its 17 races are on NBC next year. Uh, and we talked about the F1 ratings being up on ESPN too, which I, I guarantee you and, those and F1 ESPN. ratings are a direct result of that freaking show the, on it is. Netflix. This, that, yep. You um, stole it out of my mouth because that's reality exactly TV, man. What I was going to moves the freaking needle, well, especially and this, here in the U.S. Because F1's big everywhere else in the world. It's actually much smaller in yeah. the U.S. because we don't have a, an American driver. I think the last American driver in F1 might have been Scott Speed, who was at. Z Max uh, this past weekend. Shout out oh, to Scott cool. Speed, uh, and um, so the the participation we only have. I think we have one or two uh, F one events in the U S. So it's mostly a European deal. So to generate those ratings in the U S. <laughs> and have on the back yeah. of a Netflix documentary, an American company, and that really kind of open the U S.'s eyes to the characters and what goes on in that sport. You have to think that that was a huge factor. So well, if we haven't, if we haven't figured say out it again, that reality let, TV can move the needle. I mean, yeah. look, look what happened after the tiger King. You know, somebody, I mean? does anybody have a hookup at Netflix? Let's oh. get a drag racing documentary ASAP. I'm telling you that would change the game. 
Yeah, I've been writing about it for 10 freaking years, man. Yeah. I've literally been writing about this exact thing for a decade. And it's like if if a reality television, whatever, whether it's a documentary, a miniseries, a docuseries, whatever word they want to use, if it's you know eight episodes, 10 episodes, if it's four long ones, I don't care. But doing something to kind of tell the, the behind the scenes story of the sport of drag racing and some of these men and women that are absolutely incredible characters, it cannot happen soon enough. I do know, I'm told that there is filming taking place right now surrounding like, I think three or four NHRA pro level drivers in Top Fuel, Funny Car and Pro Stock. And I think they're working on something like this. But again, when I hear things like, oh, they're, they're shooting this weekend, it just tells me that there's already an understanding or a, a screw up at the onset because you're not going to be able to capture everything you need at one race. I mean, we're going to yeah, have to make like a long term. Yeah. You really can't, man. Like, I mean, like squeezing that kind of stuff into uh, an already packed broadcast, which the, the broadcast was two hours on Sunday, which I think is a key as well, as far as attention span and just the presentation of the product. You can't pack all that plus the racing with all these classes and, and hope to do a good job. It has to be separate. They do some some internet stuff to deal with Brian, where they interject that on NHRA TV uh, and and some of the stuff they've done. They're still doing that, but it's time to go. We got to go all in on that documentary format or whatever. And it's laid out for you. I mean, it's literally laid deal. out for you. Like right. everybody has done it in every other sport and and housewives and freaking uh, blow deck and I mean, you name it, man. There is a there's a reality show about it yeah. and you're telling me that we can't do it on a, on a, and in this day and age, probably at, uh, with a pretty decent, I mean, the budget wouldn't be that bad for it because you're not the first ones doing it. Well, I mean, these it's companies the, are looking for yeah. content, like, right? Like exactly. Netflix, Prime Video, Apple TV. They are, they're signing up anybody with a pulse for content. It seems like so. Dude, I if mean, you look at it, if you look at any of those shows, like if you or watch it, look through any of the channel lineups on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon prime, these, these guys are scraping the bottom of the barrel. Like I'm not trying yeah, to be man. disrespectful because I'm sure I'm about to bag on somebody's life's work or whatever. And I'm not trying to, but I'm just, some of the stuff that gets put out there is not great. And I look <laughs> at the sport of drag race and I'm going, what the, what, what are we doing? Like there's some incredible, a, the action Dinosaur on the track hunters. itself. I mean, oh dude, it's, I mean, it's mental. Now, yeah. it's crazy. I watch it too. Yeah. I'm not surprised because you're clearly not working, but anyways, um, it's like, I really do get like stunned by it because there are in infinite examples to your point murder that there's like a lot of examples of how a reality based programming how reality based programming has directly impacted one of these sports i mean i think that the 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 example of what's it called drive to win what's that show called on netflix about indycar i can't um, remember the name of it driven to win i think yeah or the drive so. whatever that that show has done is phenomenal and i don't really expect anybody to slide in with like hbo level production <laughs> right. i mean i get it and that's obviously a huge huge endeavor. But I mean, there's tons of other examples. I mean, one of the most classic examples of explosive growth directly correlating to or being directly collect, correct, connected, excuse me, my goodness, connected to reality programming or to a sport is the UFC's uh, ultimate fighter programming. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are most most people believe any hardcore fight fan, they look at the reality TV show, the ultimate fighter as the jumping off point right. for the UFC. If it wasn't for that show, and now there was a lot of kind of miracle moments throughout that deal. They had some great characters on that first season of The Ultimate Fighter, some guys that went on to become like 
huge stars, Forrest Griffin, I believe Stefan Bonner. Um, I mean, there were some huge, huge, huge stars that were born on that first series, that first season of the show. But my point is that people fell in love with these people and learned who they were and learned all these inner workings of the sport, things they didn't know about cutting weight, training different disciplines, all the drama that happens when you pile a bunch of guys, you know, high intensity guys into one room. And it was, it was must watch TV. And it literally the, the ultimate fighter season finale for that first season catapulted the UFC to a level that it may have taken them decades to get to. So I think there are so many examples of this working out that it just blows my mind that the NHRA is not like knocking people over, sprinting down hallways, trying to make sure that something like this is in place for the future. Because clearly, I mean, clearly there's a need for it. I mean, if we have 1.5 million, 2.23 million people peak viewers tuning in to watch the live telecast of a race, there's no telling how many people would tune in to watch and learn more about these people right. and see who they are away from the racetrack. Because let's be honest, everybody's for the most part on their best behavior at the racetrack, right? They're putting their best foot forward. They're in race mode. They're being professionals. You get them at their shop, you get them in their house, you get them out to eat. Who knows what they might be like and who knows how many people may fall in love or love to hate those stars and we just need to get aggressive about it, man. I don't yeah. know that there's, it's, it's so important and I'm glad they're doing it, but I just hope it doesn't fall into the pattern uh, of many other NHRA kind of like good ideas that just didn't get the thought and follow through and execution well, that they deserve. We, we had the, uh, there's been some comments here in the chat about the uh, driving force and then the one, the show that covered the DSR deal. And then even on Netflix, there was the, fastest car or something like that yep. on Netflix. Uh, but again, driving force, that was great, but that was what 10 or 15 years ago. So was the, uh, so was the DSR deal. And the Netflix was more just like a general drag racing show. It didn't highlight like we're talking about specifically NHRA pro drag racing and follow those drivers and create heroes out of the people directly involved in that part of drag racing. So it promotes drag racing but doesn't promote the characters that are involved on a weekly basis in NHRA drag racing, which I think is what has driven the U.S. market to follow more closely F1 on Saturday and Sunday mornings. I mean, well, and for, I mean, if you think about it, man, having to get up on a Sunday morning or whatever and watch the I F1 love race, happen, I, I get up, I get up at, on Sunday morning, have my coffee. I look forward to one. It. It's pretty, fun. I look forward to it, man. I love seeing those things. And I love, I mean, I didn't know many of those. I knew like Lewis Hamilton, right. And I knew some of the big names that have been celebrated for years. But when I started watching that Netflix documentary, I think by your recommendation, Mike, all of a sudden you and I are talking about formula one racing. We're talking about different tracks and there's a lot to learn from those groups. And I, I don't think they've got everything figured out because formula one obviously has its own like laundry list of issues well, they're that fixing they're that facing, too they got right? the whole next this uh coming year the cars are completely different they're changing like the entire sport to try to get better on track product because, because it the, needs it man yeah it so. needs it bad so it's funny because just imagine what it would look like if we were able to pair like killer i think the the technical phrase for it is called shoulder programming like if the tip of the spear is your live right, product down. You know what I mean? Like if the tip of the spear is your broadcast on Sunday, right? You're having a race. That's your main focus. You need shoulder programming to support that. And I think a reality-based deal that followed around a couple of teams or a handful of different drivers would just be so massively well-received. And if you could pair up, because think <clears> about <throat> it, to your point, Mike, I, Formula One racing, like 
it's pretty hard to watch. Like the the start, all the pageantry, right, and the beginning of the race. That's all exciting. Yeah, like the, the end of the lap, race, right. yeah, the end of the race is great to watch. But pretty much everything that happens between those two points is. I agree, and I never watched it. I never watched it before I watched the documentary, and then got to know each of these characters. Uh, and oh, there's a drag racing show. My yeah, God, guys, come on! And then, and then you follow. So. <laughs> What the heck? I'm just saying, well, we're just translating how that worked for I think it's well, huge, not, man. I, let, yeah. let, let's go into the next thing. I mean, okay, yeah, we, 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 have, we have to, we don't have, a yeah, choice. with that. I mean, so you have everybody tuning in, you have record numbers, you know, everybody watching the NHRA, and then you get to see the NHRA drop the ball. <laughs> you know, oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, right. So I uh, had a funny feeling there was no possible chance that we would get through this episode of the show. <laughs> uh, we do have our first guest waiting in the queue, but we, we, we have do. to cover this briefly. Uh, it, it's important to talk about this, and I hope everybody understands. We'll, uh, we'll be bringing Tommy on the show here in just a minute. But this past weekend at the NHRA Carolina Nationals, uh, pretty much the talk of town here in the last 48 hours. We had hella TV ratings, but we also had a hella bad deal in that opening round of Pro Stock Championship contender and number one qualifier Aaron Stanfield goes unimaginably red, like 294 red against Wally Stroop in E1 in a kind of classic number one qualifier versus number 16 qualifier battle. You, you always look for these upsets, but you never wait. You, you never want them to happen in, in this kind of capacity. Uh, lots of question marks here, guys. Uh, we've looked at the tape uh, many, 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 many times, and I will actually get it queued up so we can play it here uh, while you guys break this down. But Wally Stroop appears by all accounts to leave first. I don't want to, I'm not here to upset anybody, just kind of calling it how I see it. The red light goes on in Stanfield's lane. Uh, quite the scene. And I think the jury is still pretty uh, much out on what exactly happened, man. But but what's your take, Mike, while I get this video queued up? I mean, it was a, it was a wild scene there. Yeah, it, it really was. And I guess the initial explanation that we heard was that supposedly uh, Aaron's car didn't stop moving. And so that uh, threw on the red light. But, you know, if you look at that video, I didn't see the car moving at all. Once he you could tell he went on the two step, had the clutch in line lock. I mean, in that situation, if the car's going to move, it's going to move violently and it's going to lurch forward. We see that a lot. Uh, I don't know there's anything could happen anything could happen within the situation with these uh with these timing systems i don't know how that timing system works with the four wide deal and then how it works in two wide mode and what they had to do to make that track operate properly uh since it's so unique um so again this happens at the smallest tracks this happens at the biggest tracks happens at the nicest track in the world possibly zmax dragway I guarantee you that is probably the last time that this is going to happen there uh, because again, we talked about everything being first class there. They're not going to, they're not going to stand for this happening at their facility. Well, and they, uh, they had a problem. They had yeah. a problem and reversed it, you know, right. It was not just the, the Stanfield uh, deal. They had a problem obviously in top fuel where it had uh, Steve Torrance, the winner, even though clearly, uh, clearly, crossed the line after Brittany force and the incrementals backed that up. So there was something going on. Um, but regardless of what was going on, I feel like they should have quickly addressed it and reran that pair. Uh, and I don't they, know that there's any way to get around there. Cause there's no way to fix it. Now. There's no yeah. way to fix it. Um, it's, it's an unfortunate deal and it has essentially taken Aaron Stanfield, who was the number one qualifier and who has, 
a top three or five car every weekend has taken him out of the championship hunt. Um, no knock to Wally Stroop, no knock to anyone. Uh, Wally went on and made a, a great run second round and, and won that round and went to the semi. So, uh, you know, you can't take anything away from someone, but um, it sure was a bad deal to see happen. So I'm not sure what the answer is, but really the easiest answer is to try to try to rerun that pair. But apparently NHRA was very adamant that uh, there, the issue was not on their end or on the track's end, and it was on the car's end. So tell us about that, Wes. Man, it's a really interesting situation. And I know that like, there's so many things that go through my mind because as we all know, like the cameras can trick you, right? Uh, we all know we've, we've worked with a lot of, you know, videography equipment, video cameras and all this stuff. And we understand that the frame rates, all these things come into play and maybe the car moved a minuscule amount. Or uh, we, we even said, or it was talked about that it could have been because the video angle that was showed, you couldn't see exactly where the car was or where, when the beam came on and what exactly happened that maybe he was staged very shallow or maybe, it, maybe it backed out of the beams. You've seen that happen before. Well, you do well, see Aaron, that Aaron happen had a lot. from the back tire that, that he posted, I believe somewhere. Yeah. I think I saw. But. Yeah, so, there was a post on on Erica Ender's Racing's Facebook page, man, and it's uh, and it really got pretty spun out of control. Just being right. honest, like people are getting revved up, and and I honestly think rightfully so. I have a really, uh, I have a multitude of things that I think are are worth noting. Uh, first and foremost, I agree that this this not being handled or like really cleaned up. Uh, and addressed on the property is just such a problem because you go from a, a a significant issue to an impossible scenario when you leave ZMAX Dragway. Like not having that deal resolved and addressed by the time, I mean, you couldn't, you needed it resolved and addressed in that very moment. I am told, you know, just so everybody knows for the sake of transparency, I did reach out to NHRA Vice President of Race Operations, Josh Peterson, yesterday. I said, hey, man, there's no possible way that I'm going to be able to, to do this show on Wednesday and not talk about this. I mean, it is, I'm the ultimate supporter of all things drag racing, and I'm not here to stir shit. I'm not her, here to get people upset. But at the same time, this, these conversations have to be had. Like, this is the whole point of this show. It's the whole point of what we're trying to do is the way we're going to grow and build the sport of drag racing is talk about it, right? Talk about it openly and honestly and talk about our successes, talk about our failures and everything in between. So I do feel like I did the right I don't, I, I need to interject this. I've never really considered myself a journalist, right? I'm a business, I'm an entrepreneur, right? Drag racing's my business. We, we work in journalism. So I didn't go into this going, oh, journalistic integrity says that I need to have all sides represented. But it did kind of hit me in the back of the head that says, hey, if we're going to talk about this deal and we're, we need to do our due diligence, we need to reach out to the NHRA, see if there's an opportunity to get uh, an opinion from them. Unfortunately, they declined. I, I respect their reasoning uh, for I that. Don't, I don't respect it at all. They have to have some transparency with the fans and the racers. The, you look into other sports, NFL, you know, for instance, you know, they used to have their officials come on NFL Network weekly and talk about controversial uh, calls that were made. Mike Pereira used to do it. Uh, Dean Blandino used to do it. Um, you know, but, but, and, and the front offices and the commissioner works closely with teams around the league to make sure that stuff's taken care of. And I think that's where the NHRA, it, they, they just don't do it. 
you know, well, like, there's no, they're the, they're the judge and jury or whatever you want to call right, it. To where right. there's, and, and there's no it's third ridiculous. party. There's no third party that is going to like, I say that I respect it because I mean, I hope that we're the, that third party to right. some extent, Mike, but it's, I, I respect it because I was told that they wanted to talk to the parties involved before they talked to me. And, that, right. and I respect that, but I guess it kind of brings to light the problem that we identified at the jump that this should have been solved there. Yeah. Like you this, this, you cannot that. let this, uh, you and, cannot and let this deal linger because they're about to have a way bigger problem because here's the thing at the end of the day, and I'm not, there's obviously no guarantee that Aaron Stanfield was going to win a world championship this year, but the young man had a spot. He had an opportunity to win a world championship yeah, and, prior and, to that round. And people and, are saying that it wasn't a final round or anything. So that that's why it, it didn't get as much scrutiny. But when you're in the countdown and you're the number one qualifier and you lose first round and then your opponents go on to win the race or go to the final round or whatever, and you've lost all those points every round, that round is, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like what's being lost is that this young man, Aaron Stanfield had an opportunity to win a world championship Mm -hmm. prior to that first round matchup. Right. And he has looked good. I mean, let's be honest. This dude has been on a tear. He's a favorite. There's no doubt that he's not in the mix, no matter where you fall on this deal. Fandom wise, he's in the mix and he no longer has a mathematical chance to win a world championship. And for me, I mean, obviously I'm sure there's some crazy stuff that could happen with, you know, Greg Anderson, no showing or something. But my point remains that this young man had an opportunity to win a world championship. And after that moment, which is no matter whose side you are or you're on again, questionable, right? There's a lot of freaking question marks. And to think that that's how that young man's season is going to end. And for me, it just, speaks to a bigger issue and that's just a lack of understanding and a lack of appreciation and a lack of respect in my opinion by the nhra's higher ups for what it takes to do this stuff i just don't know that they fully understand the the money that that it takes to do this stuff the commitment that it takes to do this stuff the 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 sacrifice the time away from home that it that it takes to do this stuff and to be honest i mean so many people will never win a drag race in their life Right. They'll never compete for a championship, let alone be in position to win a championship and to have something like this happen and it not be something that's being addressed like everywhere and talked about. I mean, I know it's a tough situation, but heavy is the head that wears the crown. Right. I mean, if you're the number one show, we hear all the time these comparisons to stick and ball sports. We hear the NHRA's desire to be lumped in with NASCAR and Formula One and IndyCar and all these other major sports properties. But in moments like this, it doesn't feel like we're really we're really committed to being that because right. in moments like this, to Murder Tundra's point, the NFL would be owning up to this, at least having to to publicly talk about it, to take questions, to take the beating. Absolutely. NBA every time there's a playoff game at the end of the game or the next day, they have that whatever it's called the two minute report where they talk mm-hmm. about the screw ups, what calls didn't get made, what fouls were ignored, or what fouls shouldn't have been called. This needs to be talked about because I don't know what they're going to do to fix it because. I don't, no matter who wins the championship, they will have deserved it, no doubt. And I'm not trying to shortchange that, but it really does bring to light a significant issue. And if there's, if there's proof that Aaron's car was rolling, because I've been told there is by multiple people, I've been told there is. Sure doesn't code. look like it though. But we've yeah, heard, we've agreed. heard the yeah. video. Yeah, the video. And they will show it again, which goes back to transparency. Yeah. But I can't the data is, is yeah. supposedly doesn't Hey guys, let's bring, either. let's bring, we so. got Tommy Franklin. Yeah, let's uh, bring Tommy let's on, bring him on and, and see what he thinks. You know what? Yeah. Tommy, are you here, buddy? I, I didn't get to do my big intro, and I think Tommy deserves I, my big intro. I was thinking about That's, this, too. Tommy would have 
some great knowledge on this because he owns the NHRA national event facility. But someone made a comment in the in the chat also that despite everything with ZMAX being a beautiful facility, they only run it a few times a year. True. So you kind of like get cobwebs in the system, you know what I mean? And you find them out at your biggest events when if that thing is running multiple times a week, you, you may get a chance to fix some issues at a at a small local bracket race and then have it ready for the national event. I, I don't know. They've had multiple issues at that track. It's a it's it's a shame. Um and I hope that uh and I hope that it, it gets resolved one way or the other. But we heard some creative uh, another creative solution possibly Wes as far as how do you because we're saying basically this is over now, right? I mean this is there's no way to fix it at all. You can't go back in time and fix this. So what are some creative solutions for this in your opinion? Uh, man, it's an interesting situation. And JT, you may have to uh, bounce off here early to make sure that we got Tommy. Uh, if we got Tommy's, I'm going to make sure that you have uh, Tommy's contact okay. information real quick. I'm not sure that you do, but I'm going to make sure that you do. Bear with me here one second. But I was going to say that I, I don't know, Mike, we have heard some interesting kind of things. I heard a thing this morning that I thought was pretty interesting or thought, I mean, do you add a race? I mean, do you send the pro stock cars to Bristol? Do you add another date? Do you take them from 18 races to 19 and give them a legitimate opportunity to like race it out and, and kind of I I mean, know, that would shuffle be, the deck, so to speak? Yeah, um, that it, would it, be one solution. But then it also sort of brings up the whole uh, budget and expense thing. So you're, you're, you're adding a race, adding a, a, an event to everyone's budget. So, But that would be to basically add an event, maybe the only way to truly fix it if that is their intention yeah i don't honestly i honestly i wonder how they can fix this how they can make it right i'm not sure that they can man it's uh it's just like a tough got, situation got tommy it looks like tommy if he can hear us if it's, i think uh, tommy can hear us we're about to find out there, i want to say this real quick uh mike yeah, and before we there dive in with tommy one of our first guests today is not only one of the most accomplished racers in all of fast or slammer drag racing, he's also someone who's done a tremendous amount for the sport of drag racing from taking the reins and investing heavily into Virginia Motorsports Park, turning it into what I believe to be one of the most beloved drag strips in the United States, especially on the East Coast, to all the time and effort and energy dollars that he's poured into the PDRA. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the Shakedown Nationals and Outlaw Pro Mod competition, the one, the only. Let's give it up, guys. Tommy Franklin. What's up, big dog? What's hey, up, Tommy? Man, how are you? Man, we're doing good, dude. Nice I, I got to ask. Nice you like that? I feel like we do a pretty damn good job with our intros. I try to make them super over the top. I want people to feel That's like right. this is a big, big deal, like they're getting brought onto the Late Show uh, with Johnny Carson or something. Man, congratulations on the big win, the big win this past weekend, Tommy. Great to see a nitrous car in the winter circle. Great to see you take out your uh, arch rival, right, Jim Halsey. I I'm just curious, man. Was this the breakthrough moment you guys needed to kind of finish the season really strong in PDRA Pro Nitrous competition? Uh oh, we have a horrible connection. I believe it with was. I mean, it's something we've been uh, we've been closer the last race or two. Just um, you know, just sometimes you take a step back to try to take a step forward, and that's what we did. And we've just been trying to uh, get out there and get our program right. And it, uh, we, you know, we've we've been coming on the last race or two, and you know, we felt good at uh, Maple Grove and had parts breakage first round that just you know didn't show our full potential there, and then. Uh, Coming into shakedown, we tested well there, and uh, as we got into the event, it just uh, we had a really good, really good car all all race long. So, and of course to uh, you know to run Halsey and 
you know, they they're a powerhouse team over there. That that whole team with Brandon and Eric and Kathy and Jim and you know everybody on that team. They're they're a powerhouse. So to be able to go out there and run with them or beat them, you know, it's it's a accomplishment. And you know, we 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 get it all the time. You know, when you're winning. You know, nobody wants to talk about when you're losing. Oh my gosh, everybody wants to talk about it. So, uh, you know, I'd get it plenty. You know, when when are you going? When are you going to be able to beat Halsey? When are you going to be able to do this? You know, and it's like, you know, not look. We've all been there. You know, you sometimes you can't do no wrong. Sometimes you can't do no right. <laughs> and it's know, true, man. That's why I was like, well, we're just. I, I told everybody we lost. You know, like I said, had breakage first round. Um, and well, I just was like, hey. It's, it's not our time right now, guys. It's not our time. It wasn't it, nothing that was preventable, just uh, something simple. And, you know, here we are. So I was good to, uh, I think it's, it's good for everybody. You know, once you bang your head on the wall enough, it's good to get a win and, and make you feel good. So, yeah, the confidence level is definitely back up. I'm curious, Tommy, uh, and this wasn't really like my scheduled question, but you kind of teed it up there for me. A lot of times when racers such as yourself struggle and have those moments of like, where is this guy? Typically, you come out on the other end better for it. Do you feel like you guys have learned anything during this moment of trying new stuff and kind of, I mean, a lot on the surface, it may look like you're off your game, but my guess is that you guys have been trying some stuff to advance your program. Is that the case? And do you feel like you're, you know, this has, this time of trying new things and trying to figure it out has benefited your program? It is. I think that, you know, when you go out and you, uh, for me, what happens is when you're winning, you're you're always afraid to make a big change because you don't want to upset that, right? You don't want to change your whole game up and you don't want to, why would you go change something that, that's working? You know, so you get caught up in that. And then, you know, as you, like like we see it, it your pro nitrous competition comes on strong and we start getting to where, hey, we've got to do something here. And, and, you know, it sucks to take a step back, but hey, who wants to be second place, third place, fifth place? You know, you always want to be, better and want to be the guy that's the winner. I think that's what we all show up there for. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that it is. Uh, but I, I think the end goal is that you come out better than what you were. That, that's, of course, our goal. You know, so. Well, and it feels like you guys, you have historically really bounced back in big fashion, right? You, you, you stub your toe for a little while and you're struggling a little bit, but you guys typically always bounce back in a big way. Uh, nitrous racing as a whole shares that story a little bit. And I was curious if you could just give us a little bit of perspective on that. It seems like door slammer nitrous racing has been, I don't know, kind of in a weird place the last few years, right? I mean, we saw car counts dwindle in NHRA Pro Mod. There's not as many front front running nitrous cars. Um, we've had endless discussions about, you know, PDRA Pro Nitrous, and I think, honestly, it's in a really good spot. But when you look at, like, the gamut, when you look at the whole scene right now, uh, we had a nitrous car win to Indy, Jeffrey Barker, right? Three of them in the hunt this past weekend in your uh, backyard there in, in your neck of the woods, Tommy, at Carolina Dragway, or excuse me, Z-Max Dragway for the Carolina Nationals. Do you feel like nitrous racing is kind of, is there a future after all? Because I think people were ready to put a put a fork in it. Yeah, you know, I, I really do. I mean, of course I'm biased because I race in the class, but it, it's, um, it, it, I think the cool part about it is, Probably the part that I know how you feel about it, Wes. You know, when you when you've got the combined combinations, it's cool to see that. The suck part about that is you're always racing a rule book because unfortunately these combinations aren't all the same power. So what's cool about the Pro Nitrous class is the fact that we can all, you know, go out there, same stuff, same on star 
starting line, and it's really about the team and the driver and who their their job today. Um, you know, the the fact that we're all based off of the same baseline of cubic inch and weight and things like that. So it's uh, it, it is good. I do think that, uh, you know, everything kind of comes in phases. You know, we've talked about that, whether it's big tire racing, small tire racing, no prep racing, everything kind of comes through its phases. And and I think the end of the story. Oh, we lost him. Hmm. was hanging on. Barely. I was hanging on, man. It's, the connection was hanging on for <laughs> yeah, dear life. No, no. Um, JT, why we'll don't try you, to get him uh, back. yeah, let's try to get him back. I'm going to actually I, have Murder Tundra. Let's, uh, let's have you call him. JT and we'll see if we can't get Tommy back in here with a little bit better of a connection because that was uh I mean I felt like we could hear a good part of it but we couldn't we certainly couldn't hear all of it so let's let's see if we can oh he's back already that was quick do we got him back <laughs> it just it booted me off <laughs> oh no worries brother hey can real quick me? and before we yeah we can hear you can you hear us Yes. Real, real quick before we lose you, can you take us through just kind of your perspective of that whole situation with a, a timing issue and how much I, I'm sure you've dealt with those as an owner of a drag strip, Virginia Motorsports Park. I mean, everybody knows you've invested heavily in that facility and in many ways saved it. Uh, I think that there was a good chance we wouldn't be having big races out in that part of the country if it weren't for you and your wife, Judy's commitment uh, to that facility. Of course, you got a great team there. Tyler Crossno, a ton of incredible people involved. But what was your take on that when you saw that unfolding? Did you go, oh, crap, I can't imagine being the guys at ZMAX this weekend? Or what's your perspective on that situation with Stanfield and Wally Stroop there in E1? Putting him on the spot. Yeah, you're, you're oh. exactly right. That's, that's the thought is what world are you thinking? You, you know, uh, when – no oh, shit, we lost mm. him again. All right, guys, JT, reach out to Tommy and tell him we'll try this again here in a little bit. I don't want to uh, lose uh, all of our momentum here trying to get this to to go through. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I see that there's a ton of feedback in the in the comments here about this whole situation with Greg uh, Aaron Stanfield, Wally Stroop. I would love to know on behalf of our whole team here at Drag Illustrated. Please let us know because we care what you guys think, what what you guys think and feel. The things that you say, the comments you put in here mean a lot to us. So we want to know we want to know what your thoughts are how you feel about this stuff because man this is a huge 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 issue uh right now for the sport of drag racing all these things to celebrate all this incredible stuff going on but this is a major problem that i think we're going to be talking about for quite a while now because no matter what i don't know how they put like the rabbit back in the hat mike i don't know how they i mean we talked right it's, before we brought yeah. tommy on maybe they add another race but man that seems like a a bold move and it's also going to require the nhra admitting that there's a, a significant fault, you know, right. uh, that has it, been. I, I a guess significant we're, error. we're all going to have to wait and see what their statement is or what they say to Aaron or to Wally or whatever their plan is with that, and then judge from there. Or unless they're able to produce additional data or video that substantiates their claim that that it was a car issue. But I mean, it's that's still just going to be a really tough deal. And I don't know about you, but when you roll up Sunday morning, obviously you've got the first round jitters. It's a, any race is a big race, but had this not happened, were we thinking anything about how big that first round matchup is or how big every first round matchup is in every class with the countdown? If there was no countdown, I don't think that this would matter. I really don't. I think the situation would be totally different and we would move on, but the countdown magnifies every move 
once it once it kicks into gear. And so something like this, something that you feel like, you know, I mean, no one qualifier. Oh, this is a this is a foregone conclusion. And then something weird happens. And now it's like upset the whole series. You know what I mean? Like or it's upset the whole uh, apple cart for pro stock. And it, it's a, it's a really tough deal. But um, uh, I'm seeing in the comment is the team protesting the loss. I believe there's been a lot of conversation. I think there's been the a lot of conversations and uh, uh, NHRA. But again, we're going to we're going to have to wait to see what what is actually said about it. Uh, I don't know what the JT. formal process is, Mike, for like a, trying to make something like that happen. I don't even know if there is. I'm sure there's a formal appeal process somewhere along the road uh, for the for that team to kind of, I don't know, pursue. But what do you do? Like it's you, it's the milk is spilled, right? I just don't know that there's anything that a guy can do that's going to really make it right now, other than something extreme like adding a race to the schedule. Which well, I don't know how people are going to respond to that. I mean, however big hubbub in the last couple of days about the NHRA changing the pro stock schedule kind of in, in action, right? They decided to go instead of Bristol, go to Charlotte because it was going to better serve Greg Anderson's major sponsor, Hendrick automotive, which I'm a huge proponent of. I think that there's a, I think that's so cool. I mean, that's so cool that they did that. Yeah. And NHRA, so cool. NHRA, we talked about this last week, how pro stock is more unionized than the fuel classes. And the fuel classes seem to report more directly to NHRA, uh, whereas t- Pro Stock, they've kind of got their own little like organization and they present ideas. They banded together, as far as my understanding, right, to move to Charlotte for multiple reasons. And so NHRA honored that wish. And it wasn't just one driver doing it because it benefited them. It was the cl- everyone in the class either voted or came to an agreement that this was beneficial for the class and they moved the event. So maybe they can do that again. Maybe they can all get together again and come up with what they feel like is the right direction or the, or, or, you know, was there a problem? If there was, then, then let's work together as a, as a class to fix this somehow. So that at the end, end of the year, we all feel good about how this shook out and who's the champion and whatever. But, um, <laughs> If you watch that video, I just see a car. I'm going to go there. ahead. I, mean, I see. I see a car sitting there. I see the lights come down and it goes red while the car is just sitting. I mean, that to me, it looks like it looks like a timeout situation. Like if 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 a car doesn't stage and it's just sitting there, like if the car's broken, we've seen this many times, and then the tree just drops and goes red. That's what it looked like to me. But you know, again. I, I but let's be honest, man. Sunday. There's no the possible video. way. You cannot tell me that there's not something wrong. I mean, we it saw sure win, the like wind light going wrong, on sure. in the wrong lane. The wind yeah. lights coming on in the that, wrong that, lane. That All sort this of stuff that, that, that exasperated the situation, like to where clearly we have something going on. And then again, we have. I don't know if you've got the the double O double O shit show meme or whatever that we can put up, somewhere. but basically NHRA almost immediately reversing that decision, which was in their fence, much easier to identify with the naked eye and with some quick math. And then this situation, they just were like, we didn't see nothing. Keep racing or whatever. And so, uh, you know, in my opinion, that's part of the problem though, right? Is because you can't be like hyper decisive here and then just completely like act lackadaisical about it here. I mean, it just, and what this does and this kind of, to the point of this meme, <laughs> there we go. right? I mean, you got a top fuel timing system failure and you're sprinting to solve that problem, right? <laughs> I mean, it is people piling out of the tower, I'm sure to try to make that situation right. 
We have a massive pro Check stock. Check out the face on the pro stock girl. That is, yeah, that know, definitely is the, that's is the, the look face. of all pro stock racers right that's now. The look because of I think that's, in the I think pit. that's genuinely how they feel, bro. <laughs> I think that they feel like what, what did we do? Like how, and I hate it. And I know we've got to move on, but this is like one of the most talked about things. I've had more emails, more phone calls, more text messages about this. I've spent countless time the last few days looking at that video, trying to like, am I missing something? And I'm thinking about, all right, let's look at some data. Let's look at some race pack data. You know, there's eight magnets typically on like a drive shaft collar, a drive shaft, uh, uh, sensor to determine wheel speed, right? Like how, how low of a reading can we get on one of those? Uh, well, you know, there's eight magnets on that thing. I mean, the tire doesn't have to move a whole lot to, to pick up some sort of movement. I mean, I just, there's gotta be a way I feel to create, I don't know, to tell the story. And if there is a video that the NHRA has, which I'm told that's how this whole situation was uh, was created. I was told by a very reliable source that the NHRA has a video that well, haven't shows they started doing, the car started video, doing the car moving. At Indy, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but I noticed starting with Indy, they showed a lot of like this close up like camera that was basically seems like it was mounted on the stage beam or something yep. and showed the, the uh, car staging. Maybe that was only on NHRA TV, or maybe it was on the broadcast. I think I'm it was on sure. the broadcast. But they used that camera angle a lot, and I wonder, because I was thinking, what other camera angle do they have? Because they, they usually have to use have all angle. of them, right? They but, have to have yeah. that angle, because the, the reason I it's fresh in my mind is they had that angle for the finals, right? I mean, actually, the video update that we posted to the Drag Illustrated YouTube channel, our recap of the race, yeah, I saw a the couple first races, frame yeah. is Josh Hart, right? Yeah. His car bumping into the staging beams so from that side-on camera. But and I mean, I have great. a funny feeling that I, and they better if it shows it, they need to get it out there. I don't if know. I'm how an else. HRA and I have that and it shows the car rolling. I'm I'm that's already on my Facebook. I'm like page. buying Facebook ads serving yeah. up that Boost, video. Boosted post. Boosted post because I want people to know about it. And I think that's all that we can ask for right here and now is if there is proof that the car was moving, if there's a way to demonstrate that it was, we could you could solve a lot of problems, answer a lot of questions right now. But again, man, um, I uh, I tip my cap to Wally Stroop, who had a career weekend. I mean, it's certainly one of the yeah. best weekends of his pro stock career. In, but I don't want any of this to smack of, of I don't of, of it a bitterness uh, taking or away it, from him at all. No, because he he did nothing wrong. He's just there. He's unfortunately the victim in the situation that is is uh, is going to be lumped in with this when he did nothing wrong. So. Cause what's he supposed to do? Right. You know what I mean? Is he supposed to go down there and like turn it down, turn down the win? I mean, I know everybody wants <laughs> right. to talk about these right. heroics, but let me, let's be honest, man. Everybody's pot invested here. Everybody wants to win and no one's going to, there's and nothing felt like for he had him in the car. to do. He went out and made a solid run in the second round. I mean, so, you know, again, it, it's a, just a bad deal. You hate when these things happen because there are no good solutions. You hate it. And, uh, you know, I do think that there's some value into being reminded that there, the human element still plays a part in our sport, no matter how far the, you hear a lot of comments about too much technology and the cars are too automated and blah, blah, blah. But man, there's the human element still has a significant role. Human, human beings play a huge role in the sport of drag racing. And these are those moments where, you know, someone, a human being likely made the call that, Hey, this is a done deal. This Wally Stroop wins. He's moving on. Number one qualifier, Aaron Stanfield's out. Someone had to make that decision. And I think whoever had to make that decision should have to, you know, kind of see it through because seeing that decision through is going to be providing the public 
right? The racing public proof of what happened, uh, or at least some sort of reasoning for why that decision was made. And then, you know what, we can all go on our merry way, agreeing or disagreeing or whatever they decide to do. But I, I do get frustrated because we want to be a big time sport. We want to do all these things that big time sports do, but when it doesn't serve us, when it's not easy, when we, we seem to lean away, we seem to shy away from it. And I just think these are the moments that define people's leadership. They define, uh, ultimately like where this whole thing is headed. It's moments like this that kind of chart your course. And I really think it's such a tragedy to have everybody. I mean, we had Erica Enders on this show, I believe just last week, right? Talking about how maybe it was two weeks ago. I can't, I can't really remember. Yeah, it's all running ago. together. But two weeks ago, we have Erica Enders on this show. One of the, you know, a, a prominent member of the pro stock community talking about this great conversation they had with NHRA. NHRA was over in their pits. Everybody's fired up. We're doing this. We're doing that. It I just breaks my heart to see all that momentum, all that positivity, all that energy right? Just kind of immediately vaporize. Well, doesn't it seem like, moment. doesn't it seem like pro stock is kind of a pain in the ass to NHRA? First, we've got the, the burn down situation right. and all the yeah. hubbub about that. And now we've got this and they're just like, Oh man, you guys are, uh, but I think they're guys, stealing the show for the most part, man. The show, but it's NHRA treats it like, Oh man, we, you know, these, these dang pro stock cars, we just want to get up here, make a run and get off the track. And they're up here stealing the show. And we've got all this controversy and really what it comes down to, I think is setting a precedent. I think that after the burn down deal, we're going to see some rules or some precedent set on that. And it would be nice to have a little bit of a standard procedure of how these types of uh, timing system issues are handled to where, it's like we have a certain amount of time for review and then we're going to present to the teams and that has to happen by this day or whatever the situ whatever the procedure is that they, they come up with so that we know what to expect when it happens. And it's not just completely off the cuff and on the well, fly. Well, I mean, and everybody needs to remember that it was a few weeks ago that the whole racing community is like lambasting the no prep kings for having some sort of starting line snafu or whatever. And it's like, man. No part of our st sport, unfortunately, is immune to moments like this. And I think it's it's funny because it's kind of like the pot calling the kettle black, right? I mean, all these people saying, oh, it's crazy. That's why the NHRA is the NHRA because we don't have stuff like that. And we, we're we pros and we handle this all in a professional matter. And hey, why why even do flashlights and all that stuff? You got a Christmas tree, use it. Well, I mean, here's proof positive that that's, it's not always that easy, right? But I mean, the NHRA as the standard in our sport the standard setting sanctioning body whom all of us look up to. Uh, if you're a promoter, a sanctioner, a series or an event, you likely aspire to do things the way the NHRA does them. Other sanction and series all over the country compare themselves to the NHRA. They set the standard in a moment like this. They have to be careful that they set the, the right one. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are going to go ahead and move on here. I'm going to take this thing to uh, single camera mode as I introduce our next guest. I'm, I'm for me personally, this feels like a really big deal, but like for a lot of different reasons. Uh, in my opinion, there's there are very few events in the sport of drag racing that really move the needle to the level of Hot Rod Drag Week, right? I mean, it's it's an event that people have been talking about for years and years and years. I think it gets people dreaming. It creates a lot of uh, uh, 
big aspirational moments for people going, you know what, someday I'm going to do that. I'm going to build a race car and drive it across the country. And I tell you what, I believe this grueling five-day competition that is Hot Rod Drag Week has become the ultimate proving ground for all things street car. Our next guest scored the win on Drag Week last week in the event's unlimited, ca unlimited category, joining the likes of legendary street legal racers like Larry Larson, Tom Bailey. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for the one and only... Dave Schroeder. Ooh, come on. Hey, What's Wes. Going on? What's going How on, buddy? Man, you look like you're in a professional studio. No, this is just uh, just in the kitchen here. No joke, Toronto. man. You look good. You've got great lighting. We need you to hang up right now and call Tommy Franklin. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking, man. Um, hey, dude, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I thank you. Uh, I appreciate you being patient with us while we bring you into the queue. For the uninitiated, Dave, could you take us through Drag Week 2021? Where'd you guys start? How far did you drive before between venues? What all tracks did you run at, and where did you ultimately end up? Yeah, we uh, we started at a at a beautiful track I hadn't been to before 131 mm. uh, in Michigan. Uh, we moved on uh, after that over to Norwalk, Indy, uh, Byron, and then uh, went back to 131. It was a tough uh, year. It was. Uh, it's, they usually target about a thousand miles for this event, and uh, it was uh, almost thirteen hundred. So that was uh, when we did it. The last one that we finished in eighteen, uh, it, it was nine hundred miles. So it was a, it was a pretty grueling event, but uh, really nice tracks, and uh, we got pretty lucky with the weather. Uh, speaking of the grueling thing, that's the thing I think. This is an event, in my opinion, that really makes racers. I mean, you're going to earn it. I mean, it's one thing to go drag race and, and have a rough weekend, but you've typically got a trailer full of parts. You've got all sorts of friends that can help out. Not the case on Hot Rod Drag Week, right? You're limited to the equipment you're able to carry with you for the most part, right? Yeah, it's it's a super lonely feeling when you're uh, <laughs> leaving the big trailer and you got that, you know, you're, the, the rules limit the trailer size to, uh, uh, I believe, well, ours is four by six anyway. I think you can get a little bit bigger than that. But uh, yeah, it's amazing uh, how much you can pack into there. But yeah, it's uh, uh, it's tough. And, you know, our rule has always been, uh, you know, we try to bring uh, two of everything that's going to fail uh, that are the big obvious things, starters, alternators, uh, batteries, chargers. Uh, we, we bring a couple extra heads uh, and a few extra <laughs> pistons. Uh, but yeah, you want to, I, I always put like the pistons and the heads are at the very bottom back of the trailer. We never want to open that. Yeah, box. no, you don't want to open those boxes. And it's no, probably like no. symbolic to keep them at the bottom, at the far yep. back. And am I, am I right? Uh, I don't know if this is still the case, but I believe at one point in time, Dave, only the two people that were like riding in the car, right? Or like associated with the car or allowed to work on it. Is that still the case here in 2021? Yeah, that's it's pretty strict rules. Uh, you, you can get uh, when you show up at the track, the quickest cars in each class actually even go into an impound area right. where you can get help from other racers in the impound area. And they are, you know, ev everyone actually here is always pretty, pretty helpful. But uh, there isn't a hell of a lot of time when you're at the track uh, uh, and you're an impound. Uh, once you leave the track, you can't have any planned uh, support. Uh, you can, you know, okay. you can, if you uh, need to pick up, if you need to buy a part along the way, something that fails, you can do that. You can, uh, you know, you hear lots of stories about guys, uh, you know, breaking trailer hitches and, and finding, uh, you know, a welder uh, to, to, to help them out. And, uh, you know, thing, you know, Mashmeyer uh, a few years ago, he smashed his oil pan 
on some construction bridge and, and he was a top contender uh, that year and you know he, he got someone to to weld up his oil pan was there on the side of the road for most of the night but uh, well and that yeah, seems no, that seems reasonable right but i mean the notion i guess is that you and the your co-pilot are the only guys working on this stuff the tools and parts you're able to carry with you and i think it's just it harkens back to like the glory days of drag racing there's a for in a couple of ways right because it's not like it pays a million dollars to win it's not some highly uh the purse isn't astronomical i don't even know if there is a cash purse um is there no <laughs> see okay they get the cover of hot rod magazine not to downplay that at all. That's that's pretty badass. That's absolutely badass, man. I mean, for me, a, a print publishing guy, it's actually pretty spectacular to hear that be such a sought-after award. I mean, hey, let's be honest. The money's spent before you even get home, right? I mean, if there was if there was a purse, it's already spent. It's already burned up. You're upside we, down. We got but... a box, a pile of bills in the garage that <laughs> uh, said, you know, we put all the all the bills in there, and, and on the side it says. Uh, Never look at, never open, never add up. <laughs> <laughs> never look at, never open, never add up. That, I mean, and you know what? That's probably a, a words to live by for anybody who's uh, been on a drag racing venture of any shape or size. I don't care where you're at in this sport, whether you're, you know, racing unlimited category on drag week, pro stock, or, or you've got a, a 10 second streetcar, you've probably spent enough to be uh, regretful about it. So those are probably fairly wise words. I'm curious as you, uh, can you take me through, I mean, I don't know that if everybody, you guys brought out a new car. Whenever I told my guys that I wanted to get Dave Schroeder on the show, they all assumed your, your vintage blue Corvette that everybody kind of fell in love with you and that car on drag week. I think I actually saw that car a long, long time ago. Did you ever drive that car in power tour? We had it at Power Tour in uh, 2018, uh, just along for the, just, know, just we didn't for do fun, a lot right? of street driving, uh, but we had it. At, yeah, I uh, felt like I'd seen it at Power Tour, but it's an iconic hot rod. But in 2021, you guys bring out a brand new Jerry Bickle built C7 Corvette, Synergy body, swoopy. I mean, the thing looks like it belongs in the staging lanes during the E3 Spark Plugs NHRA Pro Mod Drag Racing Series. Like, looks like a Pro Mod car, but... You've got a, the hood comes off so you can work on the car in the pits without taking the front end off. Uh, it's got like what appear to be factory Corvette mirrors on it, like a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, can you take us through a little bit of like what that whole combination looks like to be able to do 12, 1300 miles of street driving, but also run? I think you guys ended up like with a 6.793 second uh, average over the course of drag week at 198 yep. over a little over 198 miles an hour for me, man. I mean, it's unbelievable to think about a car that you're going to sit in, drive down the highway, go crack off a bunch of six second runs. It's stunning. Can you take us through the combination itself and then yeah. kind of as a follow up, what you do to convert it from race mode to street driving? Sure. So we learned a lot with the 66 Corvette. The first year that we took campaign that car, we had uh, no heat insulation anywhere. So our shoes were literally melting where the header was you know, inches away from the firewall. So we, uh, we took basically the, 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 the Delta PAG radiator, our, our, our 872 motor, our, uh, Rosler trans, our, our gear vendors overdrive. And we put it, took it right out of the 66 and put it into this car. So we did have the benefit of, uh, kind of a, a proven drivetrain. Uh, the new car, uh, the, the reason we did it, I should talk about that is the, you know, we, we had that car since 2012 and we really, uh, it was built for a 598 and we put that 872 in it in 2015 and we really couldn't utilize all the power uh, that was available to us on tap there. 
the car went the 66 went 652 uh as its best ever but uh you know we really weren't it it had a 33 inch tire on it so uh with the way the class went with the way uh bailey and let's screwed it up by uh going so darn fast we uh we knew we wanted to step up and compete with them so we needed uh the new car a foot more wheelbase uh uh, it's not that much lighter. It's uh, you know the other car was a real Corvette body with all the steel structure inside. The new car is only a hundred pounds lighter, but uh, you know everything in it is uh, all the Heims, the four links, the wheelie bars, the diff. Everything is you know much beefier, much stronger uh, than the old car. It's uh, the you no, know, go ahead. So you know, kind of starting from uh, front to back, we've got a, a a pretty big radiator with two big sixteen inch. Uh, Delta PAG fans. Uh, again, in the early years in the 66, cooling was so important to uh, surviving on the street. We learned pretty quickly with a big aluminum motor, uh, if you roll out there and start uh, driving at 220, 230 Fahrenheit, uh, you're gonna, your lash is going to grow and you're going to hammer the crap out of your, uh, out of your valve train. And uh, the other thing, uh, that was a huge benefit with those fans was the uh, lower amp draw. You know, we had spalls in there before. They they drew 60 amps between the two of them. We were wiping out. You got to bring a half a dozen alternators along to wow. uh, to deal with that. So we were, you know, kind of the, the gauges you watch on the street, believe it or not, are voltage and uh, uh, cool and, and water temperature. Without that, you're uh, you're done before you you begin. It's really uh, impressive, man, to think about. And you don't even you don't even factor in things like that because I think a lot of people see they hear the the they hear you say eight hundred and seventy two cubic inches, and they immediately start to think about the valve train, rotating assembly, all the different things that you probably had to do to make that thing run down the highway. But you kind of space that like even the standard gear is going to be tested, alternators, things like that, starters, starting and stopping, all these things. It's really incredible, man. Yeah. Yeah, you know the last three years we uh, well, we we didn't have a great year in '19. We broke on the test day. We we knocked a crank mandrel off and yeah. ran with no oil pressure for a few seconds. But the last in '17, '18, and and this last year, on the street drive, we had uh, you know that's uh, we had an oil a fuel line fail in our street tank, and we had an alternator go, and that was literally it. Uh, so we were. Uh, you know this this event is all about the prep you know we, we've got experience with knowing what to put in there but uh you know just being so fussy that uh that everything is proper and you're you're ready to roll uh for this event is uh, is how you survive it it's not an event where you you're competing against the other drivers uh there's a huge amount of camaraderie and guys will want to give you their parts and have you have you make it to the end i mean everyone wants to win at the track but they, they'll give you whatever they got on the street and uh you know that's really uh the, the competition here right it's almost more like bonneville like you're you're time trialing you're trying to make your best pass every day you want to hand in your uh your you get your five-day average as low as you can but if you're not there friday it doesn't matter so uh you know you've got to be uh the, the street is the real killer uh, competitor uh, for, in this event. Is that where you find most of the issues come? Is it not really on the drag strip? It's in, in between, right? I mean... Uh, oh, no, the drag strip's fun. That's the fun part. That's the easy <laughs> part. It's a little stressful because there's a lot, you know, there's almost 400 cars at this event and they, they really run it well. They, they, they get the cars through and we get lucky with not a lot of oil downs. And But you're, you're going to get, you want to be one and done. You want to get the... You know, you want to come out 
also the day gets greasier as it gets hotter in the day. I was just going to ask like what your strategy is. So your strategy is like get there early in the day before they well, run a bunch of cars or what, or what, what's your approach? Uh, this week we we're uh, uh, a little more chill. We, uh, well, it didn't really, uh, the, our first pass, we, uh, uh, had to pedal it. So that, that wasn't uh, great. So we had to wait a few hours and come back again. And luckily we, we ran the number, uh, we ran a good number at the end of the day, but then Monday turned into a real shit show for us. Cause we had, it had been three years since we had done this deal, uh, because we broke in 19. So, you know, we start swapping, uh, everything over and we're a little rusty and we brought too much stuff and nothing fit in the trailer. And we, uh, we even, we went to put the valve covers on and we, uh, it, Isky, you know, Nolan Jamora there, uh, gave us a little more camshaft this year and the valve cover wouldn't clear the street rockers, uh, with the studs in. So, and we, you know, we had to fix that. We put, we got bigger tires that we got sent to the track for the front wheels. When this car came out of the garage, it looked like a lawnmower. We had big Hoosier dirt track tires. That's that awesome. I, we only put five pounds of air in them for whatever reason. And we had 20, we had our 26s on the front and we put, we took it out, went for a little drive and it's like, oh man, we're in serious trouble. We got like two inches of ground clearance. Uh, so we ordered up some 28s and we put in 30 pounds of air in the Hoosiers helped a lot. But uh, of course we were loading up. One of the last things we're doing before leaving Monday is the, see you know, we can't turn left because the tires run into the, into the front uh, fender. And we had, we had side cutters to trim. Everyone's gone. Like the, the, the guys from hot rod were waiting around. They wanted to take pictures on the street. They're waiting for us. And it's like seven o'clock. We haven't left. We're the only ones there. Uh, so Monday was, was rough. We got, that is awesome. you know, we had a flawless street drive. We got to the hotel though at three in the morning. So it's like, that's a little later than we'd like, you know, we slept three hours, uh, got to the track the next day a little little tired uh, but you know it's uh, if you can get to the track by uh, to the hotel at midnight you're you're doing high fives at this event you know it's funny that you mentioned that dave because one of the things that i've heard about in the past and and i do think is is probably a fair thing to to question or talk about is that this thing is a, a test of equipment for sure but i think it's equally as much a test of human beings, right? I mean, you guys are, you know, obviously traveling in these cars is not ideal, even if your feet aren't melting to the firewall, but uh, not a comfortable ride. You're, you're working your tail off. You're getting a very limited amounts of sleep. I mean, how much of a, of a test is this on you personally and physically? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not easy. I mean, this week when, when, uh, people always ask how comfortable is the car to drive on the street and when it's running happily, that's all you're worrying about. You're just happy. Right. You're, you're, you're listening to this motor. Uh, you know, we, when we're driving it on the street, you know, you, you click it into high gear, then we lock the, the gear vendors on and, uh, the R's drop, you know, about 33%. So three, 400 RPM. Then we lock up the converter and they drop another two, 300 RPM. So we're rolling along 1800 RPM is like 65 miles per hour. So the motor is just lumping along real yeah. happily it, it sounds uh, nice and quiet but the longer the the late nights when uh you know when you're rolling into the hotel at three in the morning your mind starts to play games with you and you hear stuff it's like what what is that what was that sound like the valve train the one the one year we showed up we, we changed the head on the side of the road uh it wasn't one of our our great years but uh so we rolled into the hotel at like five in the morning and we turned the motor off. It sounded done. All we heard was valve train clattering. And we're like, 
okay, let's go sleep for an hour or two and come back and assess. We came back out, we checked the lash, everything's beautiful. It's like, should we fire it up? It was silent. It was all in our heads. So the fatigue wow. factor is is huge. And yeah, you can't make mistakes. Uh, you don't want to make mistakes, uh, you know, when you're working on these things and, and converting everything over. Uh, you know, my the, the one year, my, my co-pilot, my cousin, John Enns, who's, you know, dumb, you know, he's really been the quarterback, the guy who's built this car in the garage with, uh, in his home garage with a, bu a whole bunch awesome. of buddies and support. Uh, uh, you know, he heard a valve spring break somehow. That was early really? in the night. He's like, shut it off, pull over. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I, I didn't hear nothing. And, uh, and sure enough, you know, and we were able to, you know, change the valve spring nicely uh, before it, before it dropped in. Oh my gosh. What but an yeah, amazing, I mean, you, I love being around guys like that. I don't know uh, him at all. I've heard you mention him in a lot of interviews and stuff, and I've obviously seen photos of him, but those guys that are like so in tune with these things, it's such like a, it's such a hack, such a, a cheat code, if you will, to have someone like that, that kind of feels the pulse of the car. I'm curious, are you like a mechanic by trade, Dave? I feel like I don't know a lot about you outside of Drag Week because this is something that not that many people, I don't, I mean, I don't mean to like call anybody out, but there aren't that many people like in the highest levels of drag racing that are capable of racing a car and swapping ahead on the side of the road and a lot of the things that you're talking about. Just mechanically, do you have like a really, really strong mechanical background? Yeah, I'm not a. I'm certainly not a professional mechanic, but I've been drag racing and uh, playing with cars. You know, uh, I had a Honda 50 when I was 10. Took that apart. My kind uh, of guy. Always, always playing with motors and cars. Always drag racing. Uh, my first car it was, uh, was a 55 Chevy that we did drag week with in 2010, and we always we were never real serious about drag racing. Uh, it was always just time trialing and having right. fun on a test and tunes because my car didn't really fit any fit a class or anything and drag yeah. week created a class and an event where we could have fun and race and compete and uh you know we we finished that first year and came in fourth and that was real uh you know I, i'd say it was life-changing for it set for the hook. and me who've yeah. been doing this ever since then and just our our whole focus and year is uh is on on doing this we always have a long laundry list of stuff after doing the event to make the car better and you know that's also probably our downfall. You know, we we uh, won't leave well enough alone. We change too much over the year and uh, and don't uh, get enough. Such is a drag racer, my friend. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's that just makes it official. You're a card carrying drag racer. Can't leave well enough alone. What do you think that? What is so? A couple of questions here. One is when you build a car like this. I mean, let's be honest. This is a state of the art hot rod. I mean, this is a really really nice race car. I mean, when you start talking about Jerry Bickle chassis, Synergy composites, bodies. I mean, this is the these are the major players in our sport amongst the major players. Do you do anything else with the car? I mean, or is it its focus and its function? It exists to race drag week, nothing else. Well, the, I mean, the old car, we, uh, you know, we do an event like Woodward. Um, yeah. We did yeah. exhibition passes at the Nationals uh, in 19 with that car, which was fun. But it, it really is a purpose built uh, car for, for drag week. Uh, it's all the streetcar stuff uh, make it too heavy. Uh, you know, it's not, and our, you know, we're not chasing the last 75 horsepower out of this motor. Like Iski made a cam that uh, was was really designed for the street and, you know, to give us, uh, you know, a lot of power, but, uh, but Be reliable you know, we on don't the want highway. to chase yeah. every little bit of it. And we don't, uh, 
you know, we, we, that, that's not what it's about. It's about going quick, but making, you know, a thousand plus miles. Well, you said right at the beginning of the show, something that I think, I mean, I personally agree with, not afraid to acknowledge that I agree with it. You mentioned Tom Bailey, Larry Larson, those guys ruining the class. I mean, I do think as exciting as that moment was a, a couple of years ago at Virginia Motorsports Park or whenever that was, was it last year that Tom Bailey clicked off a five second run? Uh, great moment, right? Fantastic moment. And it was much talked about or whatever, but it does seem a little bit um I mean, I don't mean this as like a shot at anybody, but it's a little counterproductive because it's just like so few people. That's such a sliver of an already sliver, right, of people that can really do that or build a car to that to that level. I mean, you've got a, a six second hot rod, nothing to, to to bat your eyes at. I mean, do you think that those cars going so fast is problematic? I mean, do you think that because I looked at the the results on drag or on hotrod.com and I think there was 14 or 15 cars, 14 cars in unlimited um, just you in the six second range, a couple of cars in the sevens. But I mean, does it detour someone from even attempting to build an unlimited car when they see guys running five nineties? I don't know. I, I like, I, I, I like Tom Bailey a lot. We're, we're good buddies. We go Great snowmobiling guy. and, uh, uh, you know, I was joking a little bit when I say ruin the class, but, uh, I, uh, you know, we were, uh, we were happy and sad when he went that first 599. We, we were there when Larry went, uh, you know, the 699, and everyone thought, I, I, just what you said right now, that's it. That's crazy. It's over. No one, you know, that, that can never really be improved upon. And now we're, look, look where it's come. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's not for the faint of heart, that's for sure. It's, uh, uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's it, we we love it we live for it and uh, and I think there's a lot of guys who uh, uh, talk about wanting to go and, uh, and until you've done it you it's it, it is a grueling event and uh, it's it's just finishing with a quick car is, is a huge accomplishment and uh, uh, yeah where it goes from here you know I think one of Tom's goals is to do five at every track and that's uh, uh, going to be a pretty tough uh, feat you know our our goal is to do a five at you know one track during the week and uh uh you know we, we think that car's got got it in it but uh yeah we're uh you know being a nitrous car we we are at a horsepower disadvantage to uh for sure you know, most most of the top turbo cars that are going but uh um you know we got a hell of a chassis uh and you know some weight advantage so well, I tell you, you see the car 679, I mean, 198, I mean, just knowing uh, an 872 inch, you know, killer nitrous piece. I mean, even with a street cam or, you know what I mean? Some of the, 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 I guess the considerations you've had to make for street driving and reliability, I can't help but believe there's, there's more left in that tank. And it's exciting to hear, man, because, you know, not only is it exciting to hear Tom Bailey has goals like that, to hear you have a goal of getting that car in the fives, it gives us all something to talk about, right? All something to kind of pay attention to, to wait to wait for with bated breath, man. And I, I just appreciate you taking the time to chat with us because I think this is such an incredible thing that's happening in the sport of drag racing. And I hope it continues that, I mean, there have been times in the past when I'm like, man, I don't know what to make of drag week. It doesn't seem like it has the buzz, but I think having some fresh faces involved in some new characters will serve it well. Hopefully you can inspire some, some more participation. I think it's fantastic to have Alex Taylor, you know, a very prominent, very well-known, uh, highly publicized racer getting involved with a really cool car. Uh, there's a ton of killer cars and killer people, but we just need, man, we just need more of them to keep that buzz and keep that momentum and 
man, just thank you, Dave. Congratulations. Thanks for taking the time to join us. I can't wait to see you on the cover of Hot Rod Magazine. I think that has to be like an all-time accomplishment for any car guy worth his salt. Being on the cover of Hot Rod, man, unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Love it. Thanks for having me on the show, Wes. Hey, no problem, man. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Stay out of trouble and congratulations. Right on. I, we need more Canadians on here. They have such a great, like, such a great mood, such a great energy, right? And I got to tell you guys, I'm in a little self-serving moment here. I just, again, I want to tell you all, thank you so much for being a part of this show. Thank you for tuning in on Wednesday afternoons and being a part of this with us. I'd ask you again, click like, click share. Let us know where you're checking in from. Let us know where you're headed racing this coming weekend. We want to know. We want to know what you're up to. We want to engage you guys. And I got to tell you, this stuff is important. It's fantastic. It's great, right, that, that uh, Dave Schroeder is going to be on the cover of Hot Rod Magazine. And it's fantastic that Tommy Franklin won and, and the Shakedown Nationals, and he's going to get all sort of posts. But there needs to be a place that celebrates and highlights these high achievers in the sport of drag racing, tells these stories, lets you all get to know who these people are. We've been talking about it for years, man. Our goal at Drag Illustrated is to put faces to the names on the windows. I mean, there's all these names we've seen for years and years and years written in vinyl across Lexan, and it's fantastic, and cars are cool, but it's not the cars that keep us coming back. It's the people. We've all seen a whole bunch of burnouts. We've all seen a bunch of killer wheels-up launches, side-by-side -side runs, records, and all, everything else you can come up with, but I truly believe it's the people that exist in the sport of drag racing that keep us coming back for more, and it's our goal to introduce you to all of the incredible characters that exist in the sport of drag racing. There's a bunch of them, so it's going to take us a while, but I just feel really proud that here today, in the middle of a Wednesday, right, uh, toward the tail end of the drag racing season, things aren't necessarily winding down, but we can see the finish line, right? The finish line is on the horizon, and it's so important that we're talking drag racing on a Wednesday afternoon, and we're not just talking NHRA. Right. We're talking PDRA. We're talking drag week. We're talking pro stock. We're talking top fuel. We're talking young people and old people and everything in between. Right. Fresh faces and, and, and old school veterans. It, it's just something I'm so proud of to shine a light on not just one segment of the sport of drag racing, but the whole sport and, and do our part to shine a light on all these incredible people, these incredible cars, these incredible events. So thank you guys for being a part of it. Um, Murder Tundra, bring me back. Uh, bring back Mike and yourself, and let's get ready for our next guest. I believe our third and final guest is in the queue. Looks like he's driving down the yeah. highway, cool as a cucumber. He's not he's he's man. working or something. He's got something going on. I'm I'm homeboy. interested. That's gonna be our first question. Yeah, homeboy's probably. I don't know what he's site. doing. I'm I'm really curious. I've been sitting I here mean, watching. He's him. been he's been crushing it. I'm I was like, is he in a grain truck? I think he's in a dump truck. Is, is he is he Pulling, I don't know. It's too. I don't know. The back doesn't look like a combine. I'm not sure what he's doing. We've got to figure this out, though. I do think that he might uh, be in a dump truck. I got to tell you guys. I said last week that Tommy Johnson Jr.'s big win at Maple Grove was like the feel-good movie of the summer. But I think we've got some competition in the theaters, guys. Uh, have to admit, I got a little misty-eyed Sunday afternoon watching this young man earn his Jeez. first ever NHRA Pro Stock Wally, not only for himself, but for his family. A family that has invested, I mean, been a part of drag racing for longer than I've been alive, right? For decades, uh, spent, I'm sure, millions and millions of dollars in drag racing. Friends, let's make some freaking noise for one of Pro Stock's next generation of superstar drivers, Kid Chaos himself, Kyle Koretsky. What's up, brother? Everybody clap. Come on, do a big clap. Come on. What's up, man? <laughs> man Thanks, so I appreciate what? the uh, introduction there. 
I, I appreciate, hey man, thank I appreciate you being here, man. It's a big deal to us <laughs> having Kyle Koretsky on the show. I guess we'll start, uh, man, congratulations, Kyle. What, what a moment this past weekend, all sorts of drama, high drama, people talking, but you got the job done. You were flawless throughout the weekend and it felt like you've been this close for a hot minute, right? I mean, you've been on the, on the brink of your big win. What did it feel like at ZMAX Dragway, this glorious drag racing facility, inarguably the coolest drag strip on the planet Earth. What did it feel like to get the job done in the countdown at that venue with your dad on the starting line? Take us through that. Oh, man. I mean, that was a uh, that was a dream come true uh, to win at Z-Max, uh, to win any NHRA uh, Wally is, is a dream of mine. Uh, I wanted to hold one of those since I was a little kid. My dad's been racing for 25 plus years. Uh, you know, I finally got it done for him uh, as a Koretsky. Uh, it's our own Wally, and uh, we have tons of them. I got a, I got an office full of Wallys as team owner, sponsorship. Uh, my dad's been invested in NHRA for a long time, but to get that one done with him there and, and to beat Greg Anderson, you know, the boss, uh, was huge. Uh, <laughs> I'm still kind of lost for words. Uh, it's been a dream, and, and I'm living – you know, every racer, sportsman, bracket racers, in my opinion, uh, you know, dream. I uh, think crazy. that, uh, to be honest, man, I've known your dad for not all those 25 years, but I've known your pops for a long time, man. And to see all that he's done for the sport of drag racing, I mean, for the longest time, seeing nitro fish on everything, right? I mean, it seemed like anybody that had a race car probably had nitro fish on it because Kenny Koretsky was doing something for them trying to help them some way, somehow. Great guy, fun to be around, a huge character that I believe our sport needs more of. Uh, it was great when I saw the wind light flash on, but I'll be honest, it was when the Fox cameras cut to your dad. And I could see him choked up. I got goosebumps just talking about it. I'm not lying. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I, 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 I got too. Oh, dude, seeing your pops kind of well up, and I knew He's about to give us a moment. He's about to ball. And this is going to be great forever. And, and I'm going to cut this up and have it as a highlight. But he, he was able to hold it together, man. But to that point, your dad has done it all. I mean, he's done so much for our sport. He's raced at a multitude of different levels. He's sponsored all these guys. Uh, he's been a big part of the scene for a long time. It's hard for me to even fathom that he didn't have a win yet. Right? I mean, how is that possible? Yeah. And to get that done for him, Kyle, I mean, congratulations, dude. I can't imagine. What, what was the first thing he said to you when you got to your pops or he got to you? Yeah, I mean, he, I was at the top end. I mean, I went through the finish line and was like, my exact words was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, did <laughs> I, that win, like, just come on. Like, I just beat Greg Anderson. Not even my first race uh, to win, but to beat Greg Anderson, I mean, he's a legend. I mean, the guy is just... Uh, in my opinion, he's the baddest dude to ever sit in that pro stock car. Uh, he's calm, cool, collect every single round. You, know, you can't really rattle him. Um, but I, I said to Cody, Cody came down the top end. I'm like, hey, you see my dad? Like, where's he at? It's been like 20 minutes. He says, I don't know where he's at. I said, can you go make sure he didn't like have a heart attack on the start line or like, or what? But uh, it was good that he got, it took him a little while to get down there because I saw him crying. I, I would instantly cry as well. But he uh he kept it together a little bit there um he's uh he's dedicated you know his whole life to drag racing if it was you know not just drag race i should say motorsports uh he's helped a lot of people in nhra but outside of nhra dirt car world uh you know, sprint car stuff round around nascar stuff uh he just loves motorsports um 
and he worked and he busted his balls to to help other people. Um, and that's what he loves. The guy's the biggest hearted guy I ever met, sometimes too big. Um, and, you know, he's helped people, you know, just get into the track. I mean, it takes a lot of money. You know that as well as everybody else. You know, sponsoring the car for the year is a big investment, but getting to the track, the wear and tear on the rigs, the tolls, the fuel, the food, hotel rooms. I mean, it, it costs a lot of money. So he's uh, he's still on cloud nine. He's calling me. Hey, this guy called me. I haven't talked to him in 20 years and tell me congratulations. And for him never to get a win is uh, he's came close. He's came close a few times. Uh, I would say he was more a uh, a weekend warrior, I guess. Uh, you know, we didn't have the money to fully invest to do all the R and D like some of these other teams had. And but uh, Eddie Granacci, my dad's best friend, uh, great crew chief. He's top top crew chief in NHRA. Uh, he made the best of what my dad gave him. Um, you know, and and to qualify when my dad raced NHRA was a was a win. Huge uh, win. It was, yeah, it was huge. I mean, you're you're, you're competing against these guys that do it for a living that, you know, on Monday we go back to a, a regular job. So uh, we are weekend warriors and, and I got the opportunity to get with KV racing and uh, Ken and Judy black and Greg Anderson and Rob Downing and Jason line, those guys. And they just, you know, they stuck me in a winning car. I mean, it, it, the car is flawless. The team works flawless. Everything just kind of comes together very well. Um, and that's what I think makes a, you know, a good team. I mean, everyone's Dude, has don't to work downplay good. yourself, though. I mean, I agree 100%, man. And we, uh, big fan of everything we do at KB. Are you running a fucking bulldozer? Yeah, yeah I'm on a, I'm on an excavator. I don't have to flip this darn phone around, but I'm, I'm moving concrete. <laughs> and this stuff. is spectacular. Uh, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to finish the day up here strong because I leave tomorrow afternoon to go to St. Louis, right? To go to St. Louis there. And, uh, I was just talking to Dallas. I was telling him I was going to kick his ass on the go-kart to get ready. That's uh, awesome, man. But, no, um, it's fantastic, yeah, dude. I mean, I hope you don't downplay yourself because I'll tell you from the first, I feel very lucky that I think I saw your first ever burnout. Um, in a pro yep. stock car on Wednesday afternoon at the World Door Slammer Nationals a few years ago, a couple of years ago. And I tell you, I walked right up to your dad. I, I pride myself. The viewers of this show have heard me say it a thousand times. I apologize. But student of the game. Uh, this is all I've ever cared about in my adult, my life, uh, to be honest. Yep. And when I saw you come out of the water and barely touch the chip, bring that thing back down, I go, that's not something a lot of people can do. I mean, just your burnout, the way you control the car, back up, the way you stage it, you do a fantastic job, man. I hope you give yourself some credit, and I hope the gang there at KB Racing is pouring it on as well because they've got to give you a killer car, no doubt. But we've seen in perhaps no class more so than Pro Stock, you got to be a certified badass, man. I mean, you've got to, you've got to make it count every single time, and you did. Um, in uh, in Carolina, brother. So don't don't downplay yeah, I yourself. It. No, I appreciate it. I mean, I had I had a lot of good help. I mean, I've been around it my whole life, the pro stock, and, and your race was the very first time I have ever sat in a car. And when I got there, I was so nervous. And Greg and Jason were like, "Oh yeah, you got to do this, this, this. All right, <laughs> let's go." I'm like, I said, Greg, I never been in the car before. He's like, "Ah, you'll be all right. You've been around it your whole life." I'm like, "All right, cool. Like, let's go for it. I guess just tell me." you know, what buttons to flip and, and go from there. But, uh, you know, your race at Orlando is forever in my heart, you know, where I started my career um, in pro stock. I mean, it's the first time I ever let the clutch pedal fly on a, uh, in a pro stock car. And, 
I mean, that's that's the event we all look forward to here at KB. I know that for sure. Well, dude, I'm telling you, you looked good doing it, and you have looked good doing it. I'm curious, when you look around at the sport, I mean, your dad was there, I think, at the height of pro stock being called a yacht club. I'm sure you remember those yep. days. Everybody's wearing like Gucci loafers and everybody's got a cigar hanging out of their mouth and it's a bunch of rich old guys. Pro stock looks much different in 2021. We have yourself, Dallas Glenn, TJ Coughlin, Aaron Stanfield, uh, Mason Magueja. Um, you've got the, the uh, Fernando Quadra Jr., Christian Quadra. We've got all these young folks. What do you make of pro stock right now? When you look around, it's not a bunch of old guys anymore. I mean, there's some wiry veterans. There's some of those guys that have stood the test of time and are still here doing battle. But there's a lot of fresh faces. Is that exciting for you? And where do you think that newfound momentum and energy for this type of drag racing has come from? Oh, I mean, I think that's great. That's great for the sport. It's great for NHRA to bring the young faces out. And to be able to, and, and I'm honored to be able to race with everyone you just named, you know, the TJ and Aaron and the Quadra brothers. Uh, you know, McGahey, Mason, uh, Dallas. I mean, these are all heavy hitters. I mean, they've been around the sport their whole life. Every one of them has proved that they can do it. Um, and the and the class is so tight. Uh, pro stock is so tight right now. Um, and the whole uh, you know yacht club deal. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely back in the day. It was definitely money driven, which the whole sport is. I mean, oh, absolutely. No lie. Everyone. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Um, but now they kind of tightened it up a little bit where everyone has a little bit more playing field and it comes down to driving. Uh, you know, anyone, anybody, anybody in this class, you know, from the elite gang, the KB, the Quadra brothers, McGay Hayes, uh, Delco, all these guys out here have a shot to win. When you stage that car, there's no one saying, oh, all right, this guy's, you know, two tenths faster than this guy. Right. No, it's all right. Well, the, you know, they're qualified one in, you know, one in seven was three thou difference or four thou difference, whatever it is. It's so tight. And, you know, the driving is a big part of it. Um, you know, the Quadra boys are kill on the light. Dallas Glenn, I mean, kids triple zero twice. It's unbelievable. Me. He's just trying to make, he's just trying to embarrass me here. I, I don't know what him. he's on, but I want some. Whatever oh he's taken, God. if he's got, like, if he's been to GNC, like, if you see him, I don't know, carrying around a bottle of something, let me text me, bro, because I, I want I on it. Tracker. I put a tracker on his truck. I just want to see where it goes during the week. I'd like to know too, man, because yeah, he's, I mean, nah, he's incredible, dude. But it's awesome to see all you young guys because it felt like not that long ago, just a couple of seasons ago, everybody was really concerned about pro stock. What's going to happen to this class? What happens now? What yeah. happens when some of these guys retire or go away? But shoot. Y'all have come out of the woodwork. We've got we've got more people than we can hardly stay on top of. It's a really cool thing, man. What what do you when your dad he bounced around, ran top fuel, ran pro stock, did all sorts of stuff. Do you is pro stock the final frontier for for Kyle Koretsky, or do you have other aspirations, or is this where you like to be? Uh, I mean, I'm a motorhead. I want to do anything. Uh, I'll race the golf carts on the track at night if they'll let us. Um, is it my end? I don't know. I mean, do I love pro stock? That's my number one. My number one goal yeah. is to win pro stock races, and that's where my heart is. Uh, I think second would probably be pro mod. Uh, I think pro mod's great. It's a wild class. Uh, the excitement's there. Um, you know, the race against like Stevie Fast and Ricky Smith. I mean, Ricky Smith drove my dad's pro stock car back in the day. He yeah, was crazy like that's been then. A <laughs> yeah, and it's not I mean, in. It's only intensified. Yeah, it hasn't changed. So, I mean, I think that'd be the next. My dad would love to see me race a funny car or top fuel, I think. Not right really? now. Um, what, do I? Would I turn it down? Absolutely not. Uh, I right. would not turn it down. Uh, I love it to add it to my resume. But 
we'll, we'll stick with pro stock. I need to focus on pro stock and, and fine tune it, uh, fine tune that. And we're in a countdown right now. We have four races left and, uh, you know, I'm trying to just take, I'm not really even looking at the point system right now. I'm really just trying to focus and keep my game plan on every round, one round at a time and just treat every round you know, by itself. Don't worry about who's in the other lane and, and just race the race and do the best I can hit the shift points, hit the light. And I, you know, I'm confident in the team and the car is, is always there. So as long as I do my job, you know, we got a shot. What, so I think everybody is loving the fact that you're checking in from a freaking excavator, like literally uh, knocking over, moving dirt. Tell, what is? I'm not sure that everybody understands that like Kyle Koretsky, despite winning on Sunday, carrying a Wally or whatever, you're flying home to go to work multiple times in the last 10 days. I've tried to get you pinned down for something and you've been trying to move around work responsibilities to pull it off. So what, what are you working on right now? Like what's the big project that Koretsky and company are working on? So right now I'm at our, our family business, KPK. I'm at the reclamation site, which is a uh, recycling facility. Uh, right now I'm just moving the concrete. Uh, it's the end of the day. We normally shut down around 4.30. The guys do maintenance on the equipment, uh, stuff like that. I'm on top of the concrete pile. We've been busy. I was away last week, a couple days. So I kind of got behind the eight ball. So I'm just trying to move some of the material closer to the crusher to minimize uh, you know, the workload for my guys for tomorrow and Friday. Um, so they're set up so they can keep going. Um, but we make we recycle concrete and asphalt and make uh, different products, three quarter products. Um, I, it's kind of like our old saying: "We'll pick up your dog shit if you pay us enough." Uh, you know, <laughs> we, we we do it all. We don't have one set job, but um, yeah, my my dad's crazy, man. He, he's Captain Chaos for a reason, and he has his he hands in everything. Man. And and the same thing, my brother and I, uh, you know, we have our hands in everything. We're buying and selling vehicles during the week at nighttime. Um, we don't have a set schedule, but uh, I do when, I, when I'm done racing as much as I hate to go back to work on Monday morning and, you know, it's not celebrate. Uh, you know, I was back at work at uh, eight o'clock Monday morning, a little late, but I was uh, I was there at eight o'clock. That's awesome, man. Well, Kyle, we are so happy for you, and we're so appreciative of your time. You were involved in a photo shoot for us this past week, so thank you for yeah. taking the time to do that. I know you had to change a bunch of flights and move stuff around, but thank you for doing that, and, and congrats, man. We can't wait to see what happens next, and I look forward to seeing you. I won't be in St. Louis, but I will be in Dallas, and I will uh, we'll track you down, man. Thank you so cool. much for taking the time. Get your butt to work. I appreciate it. Thanks for that photo shoot. That was badass. That was badass, man. I can't wait to see it. The yeah, photos that I've seen so far are killer, dude. Ho hopefully you get the uh, the male model. It's like a fat guy cover on the wall. <laughs> oh, shush, one. man. You look like a million bucks. Thanks a bunch. Oh, cool. Talk to you soon, that. brother. Thanks a lot, Wes. Out of trouble, man. Bye-bye. Holy crap, dude. I, I'm so proud of what we're doing here, guys. It, seriously, the, how insane was that? Mike, JT, I mean, we just saw the dude running a freaking bulldozer or something. Isn't that amazing that we're getting to see, like, just there, I guarantee you, we sold some shirts for Kyle Koretsky. We, we made some fans letting people know that this is like a real dude. He's winning pro stock, right? But he's got to go to work on Monday morning. I just think yeah. it's a fantastic story. That was pretty badass. I mean, we had been watching him for like 30 minutes in the green room. Like, what is he doing? We, we thought he was driving a truck. We eventually figured out he was working. But yeah, that just goes to show, man, uh, what this new breed of pro stock. We talked about the new, the the young kids and how this the class has changed. How uh, a guy, I think it was interesting co comparing and contrasting how it was when his dad raced versus how it is now. And how he's able to go to work and actually, you know, maintain a living and work a regular job and then come and be competitive. We've talked about this many times on the show, how 
the the heat and he mentioned as well the the playing field is leveled in pro stock whereas his dad who knows the amount of money that his dad oh poured God. in for all of those years and then it blew my mind we talked about today that he had never won a race and so it just goes to show and then Kyle was able to win a, a race in his first season and it was very cool to hear him talk about uh, his first race being at at our event in Orlando. So the guy's got some stones, man. Jump in the car first time at our track at Orlando, which is, you know, not a, a you know, a nationally or, or a, yeah, like a, a normally national prep event, national facility event facility or whatever. Facility or whatever. Yeah. It's a great facility, but to jump in there at an outlaw style race, like what we have and, and Greg's like, you'll be fine. Just, just, you know, hit this button and, and you'll be fine. So, uh, very cool. And I get uh, a kick out of it, man. I think that, uh, I just, I can't quite wrap my head around what's happened. I mean, obviously we're very blessed to have so many like second and third generation drivers in the sport of drag racing. I think, you know, we owe a lot where our sports at and kind of the stability that does exist here is almost entirely due to racing husband or racing fathers, right. That have instilled this passion on their children and given us second and third generation racers because they're filling the fields right now. But there, it wasn't that long ago. And I know we've talked about this a lot, but it's true. It's not that long ago that pro stock looked like it was dying on the vine. It was over. Where, where were we going to get more cars? The fields were short, but then over the course of the last couple of years, it has become the strongest category in NHRA drag racing without question. No one can talk about that, man. And it's just, uh, it surprises the heck out of me, man. It yeah. really, really, really does. And you mentioned the photo shoot. We kind of teased that uh, on our Facebook page as well. So the young guys of Pro Stock definitely uh, deserve some recognition and are sort of leading that charge. And we did a pretty cool photo shoot with Rick Belden, uh, who was out there at ZMAX with us all weekend uh, doing his deal. So we always capture some amazing stuff. Looking forward to seeing that as well. And just a cool guy, that. like you said, adjusted his schedule to accommodate us on that. And then adjusted his schedule today while working to, to come on the show. Just I a really bad, cool, man. just a really cool laid back guy that, uh, you know, is doing things right, man. When I called him on last week or whatever, you, you called me and I'm like, Oh, Mike's calling after five. This is like significant. <laughs> so I answer not and <laughs> not good. And you're like, hey, man, everybody, we need to have all these guys there by five. And I'm like, oh, OK, um, let me make some phone calls. So I start calling, call TJ Coughlin, call Aaron Stanfield, uh, call Dallas Glenn, call Kyle Kretzky. And Kyle's like, man, I think I got to work. And I'm like, dude, we're <laughs> trying to do a photo shoot for the magazine. This is a big deal. And he's like, right. uh, man, I, I don't know that I'm going to be able to make it till like probably closer to six because I can't leave. Uh, I can't leave work. And I just thought, you know what? As much as this is driving me crazy right now, um, I high five. You know what I mean? Because yeah, it's, you have to respect that. Yeah, I mean, obviously you we're, we're, we're doing everything we can to promote it and everything. But then you see, I think when people think uh, Kenny Koretsky and they've seen the Nitro Fish, they've, they've seen him uh, out there for so long, they assume that these guys, all these guys do is race or that they don't work. But I mean, dude, shirt was dirty, hands were dirty, and he's out there getting it done, like not even stopping for a second. And so you have to respect that when they tell you, hey, man, I got to work. Because this is a working man sport by and large. So uh, don't forget that, even at the top levels of pro stock. I think it's fantastic, man. I, I really do think we've we've won some fans over for Kyle. 
and he deserves them because that's a great like they're they're hilarious people to be around high energy people and now i mean they're delivering on the racetrack so it's a it's a cool time dude there's a lot for us to cover in our final hour on the show or final half hour here i do want to remind everybody i can't find my notes in front of me somewhere this uh printing th everything out i don't know if this is a good idea or not uh michael but yeah, i will well say Guys, Especially when you don't when you don't send it to us, you just print it yeah, out. Sorry, I did send it. <laughs> I did send it. it was, well, hey man, I got to schedule the show. Invite everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey guys, by the way, remember Stroud Safety. What can I say about these guys? Tommy Cunningham and the gang at Stroud Safety are amongst the West Buck Show's biggest supporters. If you want the best racing safety equipment, from fire suits to seat belts and shoots and ballistic blankets, and you want to buy products that are made in America, which I think is a huge thing here in 2021, call Stroud Safety today. Check them out online, stroudsafety.com. I also would remind you that this episode of the Drag Illustrated, or Drag Illustrated is the West Buck Show is brought to you by our friends at Elite HP, the world leader in used race cars, racing engines, parts, and tools. Located in Fort Worth, Texas, Elite HP is operated by real racers. These are men and women who speak the tribal language of our sport. If you call them up and you have a question, they're going to know what you need. Whether you're a high-level racer, pro-stock, pro-mod guy, a star of no-prep kings, wherever you land in the drag racing ecosystem, our buddies at Elite HP can hook you up. Check out their inventory online, EliteHP.com, or give our buddies a call, and they'll take care of you. Let's uh let's roll the tape. Murder Tundra, let's uh let's get ready for for DI after hours. I think it's just about that time. I think you're muted. Oh, I'm muted. How many buttons are you clicking, bro? Quit. I'm just joking. <laughs> I had it right. No, you, you didn't. It went you, small. I'm supposed to go off screen during that so I can like blot my face, take a drink, yeah, cough don't... really loud. Man, I had to turn on the lights. I swear it's like a every week, Wednesday on the show, we have a, we're having a major thunderstorm outside and it's like pitch black, pouring rain. Really? So. Yeah, and oh, I, shoot, I'm, I'm, I'm having to constantly adjust my lighting because it's like it's just getting dark. At the Dude, end you the look day. good, man. I think yeah. the lighting we've got pro level lighting on you. We got pro yeah, level lighting we're on working on Tundra, it, but none of us can look as good as David Schroeder. We need to get his setup going. I don't know if that's natural light or what was going on. I think it was natural on. light because he tested it earlier and it was just the computer that he was carrying around. So. <laughs> Dude, yeah. homeboy looked good. On Canada the show. just must, they just got it going on. They have like beautiful, natural. It seems possible that they've got it going Environment, on. low pollution, great, uh, <laughs> great mentality. Low pollution. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what they're doing up there, but they're doing it right. Holy crap, man. Dude, thank you guys so much for your help on the show. I think that uh, I don't know how many weeks in a row this has been of having three plus guests, but I just really feel like we're crushing it. Um, thank you guys for being a part of this and supporting this uh, the way that it needs to be supported. I really do think we're doing a, a, cheers. a cheers huge service cheers. Uh, to the sport of drag racing. So cheers, you guys. Look what Alicia packed me with, my birthday girl. This is She sent me with a flask today. Happy born, birthday, Alicia. Born, glamorous, oh, do you want me to go get mine? Juicy.
Do you have a, a flask? Yeah. <laughs> what'd you What'd you guys do for uh, Alicia's birthday yesterday? Uh, it, it better have been spectacular. Man, we really did. I'll tell you what. I picked her up, uh, or she dropped the kids off at school. I had a bunch of conference calls. Well, Tuesday morning, Mike, you know. Tuesday morning, for those that don't know, is like very busy at Drag Illustrated Magazine. Every day so is we, busy at Drag Illustrated. Yeah. If it's not busy, we figure out a way to make it busy. I do. I'm bad about coming up with stuff to do. It's, <laughs> uh, But uh, I used to get mad. My dad would like create work for the sake of like creating work. Mm-hmm, and shit. I find that in my old age, I'm a little bit that way myself. Yeah. Holy water, huh? Holy water. Yours is those, cooler than mine. Those commercials, uh, I forget what company is for. We can't prevent you from turning into your parents. Those, those oh, hit home. Yes. When they you do. Get, when you're home, like 38 dude. years old and you st- realize you start turning into your parents, those hit hard. Oh, dude, it hits hard, man. And we, we, so we did our I was a minister. Calls. I heard you were a weekend. minister over the weekend. Yeah. And, and they got We're talking about Alicia's birthday. Oh, they got you that? Oh, yeah, they got you me get that. You a lot of cool gifts. Um, yeah, so, JT is a minister in case. I so mean, am I. You just so assume I. that, right? Everyone yeah. I've done JT's about 30 weddings now. And I and I absolutely hate doing them. I only do them for close friends, but it you know I, I can't remember the last time I actually just went to a wedding or stood up in a wedding. So it's hey, will you do my wedding? You've done thirty, <laughs> yeah, about thirty, I think. Yeah. Well, with the no amount of joke. beer yeah. that you're going to drink at the wedding, that's kind of how they offset the cost. Yeah, I do they don't have to pay a minister. Yeah, I do think that's part of it. I've officiated one wedding, and it sounds like I'll be officiating my second wedding in the spring of 2020 when my um, my uh, niece gets married. So that's exciting. But uh, yeah, before just, Murder bad. Tundra rudely interrupted us, I was talking about my wife's birthday. Uh, oh. We had all of our Drag Illustrated conference calls, and I had a couple other calls. I can't remember all who, who all with. And then... We went to lunch. We went to our favorite place here in the Clear Fork area, right outside of downtown Fort Worth, a place called Press Cafe. Phenomenal. Good spot. Uh, incredible spot, man. Great appetizer, great drink menu, great food, great service. It's one of our favorite spots to go. Uh, we've actually went, brace yourself for this, two dates in two weeks. We went on a date last week. We went on a date this week. So same place high, and ordered the same thing. What, what do you want to bet? It feels like a shot across the bow at me. It's, it's true. He, he doesn't Bro, like change. He doesn't like habit, change. Man. I'm a yeah. creature of habit. Um, it was a big the, deal. Uh, did you get the appetizer with the whipped good, ricotta? With the whipped ricotta? Yes. Whipped ricotta? <laughs> yes. Has Nancy figured that. out how to make it at home yet? Nancy, I don't know. Let we us need know to find if you have. Uh, Bro, I'm big on ravens. ricotta. Any type of uh, like whipped cheese uh, appetizer, if I'm a pretty big fan of. If cheese is anywhere in sight, Watch out. Wes I think it's worth after. pursuing. <laughs> I do. I mean, hey, man, fried mozzarella, cheese balls, uh, jalapeno poppers come to mind, cheese fries, nachos. <laughs> um, I mean, I can continue for quite a while if you guys would like. But we we ended up with whipped ricotta. I had some sort of, um, oh, I had like a weird bacon kind of, what's well, not hard to say bacon's weird because it's the candy of meats and it's the best thing to happen uh, probably to American to society since sliced bread, but it was like a weird baconish sandwich. It was good. It was okay. But we, uh, we hung out. Uh, we actually, I got Alicia loaded. It was funny. She's going to get mad at me for this. But I said, when we sat down at the bar, Alicia was doing that thing that wives do. Like, we don't need to do anything for my birthday. And I'm like, yeah. you are only don't, saying that. Do not so three months from now, you can be mad as hell at me that we didn't do anything on your birthday. So don't don't bait me with that because I'm tired and my leg hurts. I've got sciatica. Like I'll happily go do go to the house if you want. But uh, so we go to a press cafe and you're gonna be proud of me, JT. Like ready, wait for this. We sit down at the bar 
And uh, I said, we want to, they said, hey, can I get you a drink? And I said, yeah, two shots of tequila. And Alicia mm-hmm. looks over at me. She goes, I'm not doing shots. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing shots. Like, don't, I don't do shots. And I'm like, no, you're kind of, you're not wound up enough on your birthday. We need to get the energy up. So shots of tequila. So we ended up both taking a shot of tequila. Um, then we had a couple other cocktails. And I got her convinced to go to a corn concert last nice, night. Nice, nice. So I said, hey. <laughs> I know it's your birthday, but I'm just going to throw this out there. A band, a heavy metal band that kind of defined my youth are playing in Dallas. It's only like 45 minutes from here. Let's let's get kid, you know, let's get some childcare lined up. Let's phone a friend or whatever. Let's go see Corn and Stained. And she had had just enough to drink that she's like, uh, oh, Stained too. Wow. I know Stained. Aaron Lewis, one of my favorite bands of all time. Um, gone on to have a pretty successful country music career. I go, uh, this is going to be fun. It starts relatively early. We can get home at a good time. No big deal. And she's like, you know, that sounds okay. You know, I guess. And I'm thinking to myself, if I literally get her talked into going to like a freaking death metal concert on a Tuesday night of her birthday, this will be some of my best work. But I'm, I can con- I'm a convincing dude. So uh, I was putting the full court press on her and she was kind of biting on it. And I thought, and she was texting you, texting Lisa, like, hey, we're going to see corn tonight or something. Do you know who corn is? And uh, as the meal, <laughs> she did not know. No, she did not know. Which I uh, thought was the funniest thing ever. And I was like, "Are you, are you sure you're going? You're prepared to go to a corn? Concert yes, I love on corn a, on the on cob. It's my favorite. I like said. extra butter yeah. and salt and pepper on it. <laughs> it's literally what she said. She said, hey, uh, "Corn on the cob. I love girl. so corn. The band has got to be pretty close." And I said, "You know what? That's a great way to look at this." Yeah. Um, but by the end of the meal, we were going. I wasn't even, I'm going, I, I'm not cut out for going to a rock concert on a Tuesday night. My back hurts. I just want to go home. So we ended up scrapping it, but we had a wonderful day. And well, that was uh, a big lead up yeah. for a disappointment. Yeah, I there. know, man. man. It wasn't a disappointment. We didn't end up going. We had a great night. We ordered pizza with the kids. Alicia wanted to be home with the kids and celebrate her birthday. And they were all excited to see her. So her uh, Hudson didn't come out then. No, it does. It does from time to time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, whatever. Wes's, Wes's wife is my sister, If in case anybody didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, in case anybody doesn't know. And, and when, she, when she has a few too many, her, uh, her Hudson comes out, he likes to say. Your we Hudson like, is we, showing. We, we, like, we like to get wound up. Really? Oh, I had <laughs> yeah. no idea. When did that come about? I don't know, man. Oh, dude. Well, hey, oh, let's, uh, let's talk drag racing here for a second. I want to go back um, briefly I felt like we were making some real progress on that Stanfield deal. You know what I mean? I felt like um, we were Let's making some the, real show progress. Show the video. Let's show the video Let's here video. real quick. Can we um, talk I'm, over I'm the video? It yeah, we can okay, talk over it. Okay, great. For the win. Oh, we got burnout and everything. Oh. I went ahead and made a clip of the whole deal. Let's look for any inconsistencies. See any rappers or anything? Hot dog rappers on the ground? I'm not convinced <laughs> it was. I'll bring up Wally's troop. That's the Granger construction car. Wally out of Grover, North Carolina. Builds chassis from Pro Stock, Top Sportsman, and other really hot rod door cars. I get a chance to get out here and uh, mix it up with us on the NHRA tour very often, but when the tour comes into his neighborhood, you can pretty much bet. Wally's troop has been come rolling out here. a long time. He has a couple man. of the uh, K. He used to run pro mod down there hanging in the 90s against my dad. Helping him in the I mean, I was a kid like, here this weekend. Little kid, remember Wally Stroop. I mean, too, man. I need a coolie cup holder right there on the on the wing, grabbing my beer on the way back through. Number one qualifier, three times. Here we go. All right, here we go. I can 
that he's ever qualified number one. That kid has definitely got the man. If team. only we had this also shot third throughout. Right. NHRA race. They go to this completely horizontal side shot or parallel shot or whatever you want to call it. Well, he's mildly above average. I guess while he's getting help from KB, he rented motors from KB. Yeah, he rented motors from KB. Factory showdown champion. Which is smart, right? All right, so here we go. This is, ladies and gentlemen, this is basically when all hell breaks loose. It's a highly controversial moment, and I think I really do. I don't mean to beat a dead horse here because it's not dead. I mean, I'm just, this is something, Mike, JT, I just think we're going to be talking about this a lot I over wish the course I could of the see next the tree. couple of days. The only thing you get is the on the broadcast was like the graphic tree or whatever yes. and i don't trust that thing i don't he's, trust he's, it at he's all he's got a video from the back though I if, saw. jt if you can rip that off of facebook i'll happily throw it in I here i see but, the yeah. video i saw screen i, saw, grabs I only saw video. screen grabs yeah. yeah and if uh anybody's listening that has that video let, from let me text chase car, real quick yeah Ch text chase freeman see yeah. what's up uh, okay so here we go so close whoa who all saw right. that Stanfield's there we i've got the like slow-mo replay in here starting line they've both Neither one of them make early. a good run, obviously. Wally Stroop is going to get the win. Oh, man. Aaron Stanfield's reaction time. Well, they, yeah, they slowed it down, didn't they? they yeah, here you go, right Wally's here. Wally's is minus 148. But when both drivers leave early, the earliest. This is the, the what the, really tells the, the story here on the replay. The I'm going to pause it right here. Look okay, too, look at these because, numbers. Let's look at these numbers. Yeah. So the reaction times are really problematic right because a i can't imagine the the real mental lapse that it would require um for aaron stanfield to go 294 red but the interesting thing here is even in that you know full speed or whatever you call that uh, real speed replay that we just watched and we'll get to the slow-mo it's interesting because if aaron left first you, with a 294 red, it's very hard for me to kind of quantify or understand why I see Aaron's car sitting still while Wally well, Stroop's car is well through the beams. The you only way to explain that is if it's true what NHRA is saying that the that Stanfield's car was moving and he and it was moving some minuscule amount first that we didn't see, and then uh, <clears throat> and then why does it say Baron Stroop? Also? I'm not sure why. I guess that's I think that must be Wally's actual Legal first name. name. Yeah. His dad's name was Barry. So well, I'm going to tell Baron you right now, Jr. I would have stuck it out with Baron. Yeah. Okay, but go ahead. Anyway. Yes. So I guess maybe that's what triggered that 294 light. And then we saw the 148 from, from Wally Stroop. Well, and to be honest, like if you really look at it, it looks to me like if any car was low or something like that or something was hanging, it looks like it was on Wally's because Wally's car appears to be moving you know, in the, the stage pre-stage and stage beams have not gone out yet, which is a whole other situation. But I, I'm really having a hard time piecing together like a logical explanation for what happened here. And I think if you couple this situation with the fact that we had the, the scoreboard snafu and the wind light coming on in the wrong lane, not once, but twice, right? At least twice. I mean, because I'll tell you one of the most telling moments I went back and this is the type of stuff you have to do when you when you host a show like this yesterday, I went back and watched almost all of eliminations over again and watching it through the lens of this knowledge was really interesting because you see things that you wouldn't have caught like the Brittany for Steve Torrance situation where the wind light comes on in Steve Torrance's lane, even though uh, Brittany force was the mathematical winner and the naked eye could tell that she crossed the finish line stripe first. 
that thousand foot that they have that great shot. The car is going through side by side. It would appear that Brittany's out in front, right? That situation. But either before that or immediately following, Justin Ashley goes out, annihilates the tires, right? Josh Hartz goes down through there and you see Mike Ashley, Justin Ashley's father. And it's the camera's on him for a millisecond. He points to the, to the, he was, and you can hear him talking to one of the crew, like the wind lights on. You know, and you could watching it. I didn't catch it when it was happening live because I just figured Mike was saying something about where the car spun the tires or where it lost traction. But watching it through the lens of knowing this whole timing system situation was going on, it was kind of crazy because then you also notice that Amanda Busick is preparing to interview Steve Torrance and someone comes in her ear and she kind of steps away from him and you go, okay, they know in the tower there's an issue. The wind lights coming on in the wrong lane and they are communicating with team members as needed. Then to have this situation happen just really makes it hard for me personally. And I mean, I know we're all human beings and everybody's got an opinion, right? But it's hard for me to just explain like, okay, so let me get this straight. You've had all these issues, but now in this moment, you have conclusive evidence <laughs> right. that says that car was moving. I'm not talking about it. We're just going to ignore it or just ignore it. Basically, wonder. you know, uh, the, I, I had forgotten about this until recently at the spring race at the four wide. I was actually on the starting line for the final round, the final quad of pro stock. And there was some controversy there. And I can't remember someone maybe in the comments, help refresh me, or maybe we could look it up, but, there was some kind of issue there, I think, with Troy Coughlin Jr. and with Dallas Glenn, where it it showed one had one had finished second and the yeah. other had one, or vice versa. I don't remember. There the details, was some but... kind of issue, and I'm telling you, I there's just something weird with the whole with with the four wide deal, and then running it too wide, and the way the timing system is set up there, or or whatever, to where it creates some kind of weird issues because I. I swear, I think something like this happens almost once per race. Well, and it's and it's tough situation for Z-Max, in my opinion. And I think it's something that they've got to get out in front of because there are tracks in our sport. And I don't want to like name names right here. I know it's 2021, but there are plenty of tracks in our in our sport that are very well known for timing system issues. Right. I mean, there have been plenty of tracks where if you set a record there, insiders are kind of going, yeah. You know, it probably was right, but who knows? I mean, and you don't want one of our sports most prestigious facilities, the Bellagio of drag strips, right? That does everything right. You don't want them to fall well, into that category. I mean, I think it, it's something they got to get aggressive about. Well, we're trying to apply like perfect science or whatever and perfect measurement to an imperfect world and to like cars flying down a track. So we're like, uh, I almost will tolerate some variance in et and, and speed and just know that that's going to happen but winning and losing uh and and wow. green lights and strong points is, Mike. is it, like we have to be able to get that right you like know if, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna run like you know a half mile per hour faster at this one track and it's known or this one's got the 60 foot is a little short or something at this track i can live with it but we gotta have and especially in these high stakes situations gotta have accurate uh, winners and losers and like gotta look, have accurate we uh, think, think how much that, think how know? much time money work um you know the people that it took to that you have to get to the track i mean think how much is put in to running for a championship and now for something like this to to possibly just completely take him out of it 
You know, yeah, I, mean, I mean, I mean, winning wow. and losing. It's it, that, that's as well, me and Wes talked about earlier. Like that's stuff that that makes you not you know makes you quit racing. I mean, let's dive into this slow-mo replay that the NHRA was kind enough to provide here on the NHRA.TV. And shout out to NHRA.TV. For the hardcores out there, and I'm not here to make a sales pitch, but if you don't subscribe to NHRA TV, it's like a hundred bucks a year. And I understand I'm not here to, to, to handle people's finances. And I understand it's all, it varies, but that seems like a really small investment to be able to watch one of these races happen in real time from start to finish. And I don't even know what my life would be like oh. if I wasn't able to watch these races unfold. Mike here, let's look at yeah, this uh, slow may replay that was weird, but the number one qualifier just turned on the red light. Okay, here we go, guys. Watch this again. They're staging up right here. Nice, gentle. Everything looks. All right, and did I mean? <laughs> that, all right, I mean that car. That car is not moving. Okay, so did you see? So you can see when Aaron Stanfield puts it on the wood, right? Yeah. Are you guys able to see like yeah, the little you see bit the of smoke and the smoke? Yeah. The exhaust. So you out. can see when he puts it on the wood there, and I'm going. I'm having a hard time believing like let's watch it one more time here let's everybody watch this closely the red light watch this again they're staging up right here wide open everything looks fine i'm watching the beadlock i don't see a single movement on the on the beadlock deal and i guess if the line lock was if he had no brakes and he just had it on the wood with the clutch in that it could it could move a little bit but i mean that thing is those things are locked down like when the uh, for it doesn't move reason. a bit i blew yeah. it up and slowed it down earlier you know i mean it's guys i'm gonna tell you like most of these guys stage with 250 pounds of brake pressure and i would have a hard time i've really that's not a lot but it's not a lot but it's but, enough to hold the car right, it's enough to know? hold the car i mean and you don't want to have back a t- in the you day don't these guys used to stay like a thousand or something yeah, you don't I mean, want like to have to do that Right. And, and obviously it's more efficient to stage with less brake pressure. But, yeah. But I mean, um, I was just I've thought about, OK, so if you think about uh, wheel speed sensors or whatever, like if you I, I can't I couldn't get anybody to like send me a race pack graph. Then I thought, OK, maybe these cars all have front wheel speed sensors on them. So maybe I could detect, you know, we could see some some movement there. You know, if the car's rolling back or forth or I just would love to be I believe there's a way for us to find out. Um, especially if you're able to look at the race pack and see how much brake pressure Aaron Stanfield had when he, when he pushed the clutch in, right. And then put this thing, I mean, we, we've got comments here, must've stayed shallow and moved a hair. I mean, I understand that there well, are that was said that was said here. earlier, but apparently you wouldn't get a reaction time. It looks to me, and if I didn't think about if, this if you until you said beams. it. I, I don't think you would have. If you back out of the beams, you're not going to get a reaction time. You're going to get, um, I would think, a LBT, like a left yeah, before the tree activated, yeah. right? Um, and then, but to that point, and I mean, we're getting some great comments here, and I appreciate everybody chiming in. But like, tell me, okay, naked eye. Like, let's just use the old eye test. Who leaves first? Yeah. They're oh. staging up right here. Nice, gentle. Everything looks fine. Bro, <laughs> I mean, that's, I, I mean Wally's yeah, car really has weird. spun the tires like six revolutions before Aaron even leaves the starting line. Well, so Aaron I'm, had a good picture. He posted a, a screenshot from that video that he has that's from behind the car. And that tells a lot, too. I'd love to see that full video, but I just saw the screenshots. Do we have that screenshot? I don't have that screenshot in front of me, but if somebody, JT, if you have it and throw it in Slack, I can put it on the screen so everybody can see it. But it's, 
I mean, it's a tough situation. I don't know that there's uh, what happens from here is really the next. I mean, is the con the conversation that we should be having is what happens now? Because I personally feel we just laid it out for the world to see that. I mean, it would appear to me by all accounts, Wally Stroop's car left first. I mean, and I, I don't know what what happens now, but I definitely feel like this is a real situation that people are going to be talking about for a long time. I mean, it, it, this is going to be one of those moments and I hate it. It's good and bad because it gets people talking and that's an exciting thing that people are having an opinion. And I shared this with a couple of people this morning. My big takeaway is this is a reminder for NHRA, really just what pro stock means to people. Because I think, I mean, if, if the reaction to this whole situation and all the comments online and the memes and everything that stemmed from this, to me is a fantastic indication of the popularity of pro stock. People care about this. This is important and they have to beware of treating pro stock like a, like an afterthought, right? Because they've got top fuel and funny Carly. They've got to be really careful of making sure these guys don't feel like they're less than because they already do that, that belief system already exists. That mentality already exists and doing anything to further that notion is a freaking mistake, man. That's my take. Yeah, I agree. NHRA is in a tough spot with this one. We clearly we understand that they have a schedule to keep and they've got a show to produce. And there's a, they've got pressure from that direction, and they've got pressure from this direction from the racers. And I know the tendency can be to go one way or the other, but you're stuck there square in the middle, and you've got to take care of both sides because you can't forget about the racers and forget how much this means to them. And it doesn't matter if no TV cameras are there at all. You've got to get this part of it right. And then present that on TV. And if you've got to have both, you know, you've got to have this correct to put on a good show. And then you need the racers feeling confident and feeling like you've got their back for them to show up. So you have a race uh, to put on TV. So, and I don't know, I don't know that anybody feels that way right now. Right. Right. That's, I mean, that's I, the sentiment we got is that this, if this keeps happening and this, this is a common thing, you know, one day you're going to turn around and you're going to have lost everyone. You're going to have lost the locker room. One of my favorite terms. That is one of Mike's favorite phrases. And I think it's true. And I think that we're teetering on that right now is that it's like, man, the drag racing in the NHRA specifically is so reliant on like the goodwill of mm -hmm. all these men and women literally right? like that. <clears throat> hey guys, we had a show. We're trying to do our best. We have a show to put on. We got a TV show to put on. You guys understand. That's okay. Like you're not mad about that. Are you that that happened? Can we just move on? Yeah, That's kind right. of the mentality. Like, man, you guys see how hard we're working to try to improve these things and put on this TV show and do all these things you guys want us to do. Can we get a pass on that one? That's and, definitely how it feels, man. Yeah. I mean, and it's, and I honestly think they'd be better off to just come out and say like, man, uh, missed that one, you know? And I don't think that's going to be satisfactory in this moment because again, what it does is it just speaks to a lack of understanding, a lack of appreciation for the lifelong battle that this, that these moments represent for so many folks, so many people, like Greg Anderson, or excuse me, Aaron Stanfield, again, second generation racer, right? His dad raced pro stock, Greg Stanfield. They're very successful business and engine builders, great human beings. But you think about, this is a young man who's followed in, is following in his father's footsteps, has spent who knows how much of his life at the drag strip. He's in contention for an NHRA pro stock world championship, right? It's a moment that so few people get to have. And to have that moment or have that opportunity to be in contention 
during the last few races of the season evaporate by no fault of your own, that's impossible. And what I'm a not- what a uh, whirlwind weekend too to go from your first number one qualifier, yeah, to and then you end the race on that. It's so, so Saturday it's night he's in the he's in the media center and he's given his first number one qualifier interview and then Sunday morning he wakes up and that happens. Well, in the yeah. way it was, in the way it was handled as well you know yep. basically like, that's eh. that's a big part of the problem and the and and the, the top fuel funny car deal i mean or the the britney force thing i mean that that made it even worse yeah the, the the way that that i mean they did the right thing there you know it, but again i i had heard we heard some things about how that was handled as well um you know, at least they fixed that. We, we're beating a dead horse at this point. But Well, no, I, do, I just think that it's the most talked about thing in drag racing here today. And I'm proud that we're here to talk about it. It means a lot to me that this forum exists for people. And I appreciate all the comments and feedback that we've gotten. Because to be honest, there's not really any other place, you know, outside of your Facebook timeline to have these kind of discussions out in the open with other people that care a lot about it. So, you know, while there are times that we feel like we're beating a dead horse or whatever, this is a huge issue in the sport of drag racing, a big topic, and I'm glad we were able to spend a little bit of time on it. I do uh, want to get moving on down the road, though. There's a lot to cover here in a relatively short amount of time. I mean, three hours seems like a long time to be on the World Wide Web in front of a camera, but when you're burning through this stuff as fast as we do and you've got as much ground to cover as we do, it's it's actually a little bit of a challenge. I do want to... Uh, one of our brand new sponsors here at the show, Elite HP in Fort Worth. I just saw this car pop up the other day, and I thought that this would be a fun thing to kind of share with folks. Just go like, hey, it's everybody loves a little bit of eye candy. I mean, am I wrong? I, I think people love looking at this stuff. So I wanted to throw, check this out. Have you guys seen this car that's a, for this sale is a on kids Elite friendly. HP.com? Oh, it is kids friendly. <laughs> oh, Do you oh. see this thing? Different eye candy. Man, that thing is Man, sweet. Awesome. I actually remember when this car rolled out on uh, it, it kind of burst out on the scene, came out of a uh, B&B race cars. Mm-hmm. I remember when this nice car, stuff. they really do build. Rick Hendrick has ever had a B&B car. I remember oh, one no of the joke. first ones I saw. Yeah, he he came up and, and just parked his rig like on the drag strip at Morseville Dragway and they just unloaded the car into the other lane. Really? And it was like a silver, uh, like a O2 Camaro or something. Uh, that B&B had built, and he drove that thing. I mean, it was a pretty quick car, too. Are you serious? Very nice I, I was yeah. looking here, and I saw a comment from Mike De Palma earlier in the day, and uh, I don't what it, what what is happening. We're gonna Those get Cadillac blackjack. Yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna get demonetized. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, we're gonna get demonetized. <laughs> What's going on? We're gonna yeah, we're gonna get we taken do not off own the rights to this music. I think as long yeah. as you say that, you're we good. do not own yeah. the rights. We do not own the music. rights to this music. Real quick, I'm wondering if Mike De Palma is still in the comments. He was Mike, in the comments. Yeah, yeah, that car. So that what? Car's so awesome. What are the details on that car? Well, the reason I was bringing it up is I just wonder if it'll fit a big tire, right? Because the car was built for like Pro 275 competition, I think, or X 275 competition, to the best of my knowledge. And I was looking at the backside of it, and I'm like, you know what? It looks like you could fit a pretty decent sized tire on there, but I'm not totally sure it looks but, I mean, good though i mean so uh, many of these radio cars are are you know have the giant pro mod uh uh wheel openings and so that looks good i mean you look at this thing 588 inch nelson competitions engine i mean f uh i think it's like a 136 pro charger i mean this is like a front running hot rod car man i'm excited to see if uh this thing ends up on the drag strip sometime soon and i'll tell you this is probably one of my favorite colors on a race car you get that kind of 
metallic, dark, mm-hmm. like a red wine. Is that like almost Cabernet? It's probably not dark enough to be Cabernet, but what an incredible color, bro. Yeah, man. I don't know. Awesome. I get a kick out of it, man. I'm a, I'm a big fan, and I want to remind everybody, Drag Illustrated's West Buck Show is brought to you every week by these sponsors. Without them, we can't do this show, so thank you to each and every one of them. It seems to be a, a growing list that we're quite proud of, but remember, if you're in the market for a used race car, even a new race car, I'm sure they could source one for you. Engines, parts, tools, anything you may need to support your drag racing journey, log on to EliteHP.com. Tell them your friends at the West Buck Show sent you. Maybe we'll get a kickback or a commission if we like double like cross both of our fingers. Maybe we can get like a little bit a bone thrown our way. Uh, I do awesome believe facility. we have a special. Oh, yeah. Beautiful facility, man. Yep. Um, I do believe we have a special guest. This looks like something that uh, oh, man. M- Murder Tundra uh, put together. Who, who I gotta who hook my got? boy up, man. Jeez. I know he called right as I was clicking live. What? Who, who have we got here? He does that. You know, he does that. Yeah. The one, the only, the woo man, Keith Barry. What? What's going on, man? Keith Beery. Keith Beery. Keith Beery. Yeah, he spelled oh. his name out, right. just like out here at uh, <laughs> at Carolina Dragway, trying to trying to get ready for Woo Fest. Man, this is it's like so busy. Like I'm just just handling the messages from people that's never been to a drag strip ever that's asking questions they're coming um that alone is is i could i could do that full time all day i'm curious where do you think that interest come from i know that uh, a couple of weeks ago you told me that like hey we're pulling out all the stops. We're buying TV commercials. We're buying radio ads. Yep. I mean, you've told me multiple times that you're getting texts and phone calls from people that have never been to a race or haven't been to one in years. Right. Do you think it's that kind of traditional marketing that's moving the needle for you? 100% it's the jet cars. Um, that's the feedback I'm getting. And the fact that, man, I've promoted, I've promoted this thing hard. Like I've never promoted uh, Woostock as hard as. You have to tag somebody in your posts. I know. I, I know people's getting tired of my Facebook posts, man. Like, just hang with me. Hang with me for about two and a half more days, and I'll, I'll just hang with me. Personally, I love but, it, and uh, it's it reminds me posting on. <clears throat> excuse me, posting your flyer and the race information on every single post you come that's across. That's funny. I, yeah. It reminds me of like concert promoters and stuff like club promoters back right. in the day putting a flyer on every telephone pole, every bulletin board, every gas station yeah. bulletin board, and that's just the modern version of it, man. And it's, uh, I think it's worth. I mean, I, I tip my cap to you, dude, because that's the hard work that a lot of folks don't want to do. You wonder why no one's talk about talking about your race. You want to know why there's no buzz, there's no energy. Uh, yeah, I think sometimes you have to look in the mirror, man, and and you can proudly knowing that no matter what happens this weekend you swung the bat i mean you you tried hard and yeah. and now you can let the chips fall where they may but i gotta tell you by all accounts i think you're gonna have a barn burner on your hands man we are it's funny though you mentioned about me posting like on all like the the biden's or it doesn't matter what just weird post what i do is it's i scroll through man i sit there and i scroll and scroll and scroll and if I see it like if it's like five hundred thousand or one point two million uh, uh, comments, I'm like boom, and I, I, I throw the loop thing in there. But what's so funny? Some guy the other day, it, uh, I forget who it was. He was on my feed, and he's like, "Why the hell am I getting all these uh, uh, Biden and Kamala Harris stuff? Why is it all, all of a sudden showing up on my feed?" What they don't realize is when they click on my when they click on my comment that it it 
the algorithms, it, it throws them right in there. So yep. I've screwed up a bunch of people's Facebook. <laughs> you have. What kind of uh, comments or feedback have you gotten from just posting that in random places? Like people that have no idea what you're even talking about. You just get likes and laughs. And I've got a lot of a uh, promoter of the year, that type stuff, you know, so, but that's cool. But, you know, I thought social media was the way to advertise. I learned with this commercial deal with, you know, with the local stations here, you know, I'm, I'm on at six o'clock in the morning till late at night, all the way to Saturday night live, uh, wheel of fortune, all the news, um, NFL pregame, NFL early game, NFL late game, my commercials just blasting out there. And by the, the audience there that I reach is, is nowhere near what I can reach on my social media, even though I'm like 5,000 friends and all that crap, there's no way I could have reached the people that's actually coming here. I think people get, and this is a conversation Mike and I have had a ton with the clients and, and JT, you've had a ton with clients where I think there's this belief system that when you post on Facebook, everybody in the world sees it. Right. And right. I think like, Oh, I click a post or I make a post and all of my 5,000 friends are going to see it. Well, the, 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 the hard truth is that a small, a fractional percentage of those people are going to see it. If you have a Facebook fan page with tens of hundreds of whatever, thousands of fans, it's still only a percentage. And that number varies. And it's typically around yep. 1% or of less the people or less yes. of the people that are on your page are going to see yeah. your content. And this is what I told Keith a few, a few months ago, actually, what I look at social media as for the most, don't get me wrong, it can be done very well and, and be very powerful. And we've used it to our advantage on a multitude of occasions. But if you're not spending money with them, you're not getting the, the, the full spectrum of what social media has to offer. Right, for sure. So, and I think what people end up doing is preaching to the choir. Like when you post on your social media about WooFest coming up and blah, 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 we already know. We're already coming. Yeah. All of us are already right. going to be there. Uh, I see that a ton. And I do think that like local traditional promotion is basically a lost art. You'd be blown away how many racetrack yep. owners that I talk to and event promoters that I talk to. They don't know who the local DJs are. They don't know who the yep. local talk radio superstar is. They don't know who the pretty girl that's on the news on Saturday morning is. You've got to know those people. What are the prominent billboards? What's the main thoroughfares in this area? What's the radio station that every auto collision shop, every repair shop, every car dealership is listening to out back? I mean, knowing that information and being able to lean on it, it's a lost art and it's the ultimate difference maker. And I think... Keith, you're going to be pleasantly surprised this weekend. And it's hard because you're always so. like hesitant to tell people how to spend their money. Like, hey, man, just trust me. You need to go buy $5,000 with the television commercials. You need to buy a bunch of billboards. Yeah. That stuff moves the needle, man. And those are the people that don't know. They're not on your Facebook. They're not your friend. You've got to remind them what's going on. You've got to sell them on it. And I'm just, I'm proud of you, Keith. I think it's a, I, I truly it. believe you're going to have a barn burner on your hands. And I hope you're a, uh, piling dollar bills into Walmart sacks Saturday evening. <laughs> <laughs> Me and you both. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, yeah, what you said about Facebook is true. Uh, I did the sponsored Facebook pages and stuff like that. And I made a post one time and I was scrolling back through and it said, you've reached 19 people. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'm doing it right. But um, I blasted it out there. And then, and then like, I'm on what I did is I researched the groups like we're in Aiken, South Carolina, right? So I'm like on the Aiken, South Carolina Friends of Neighbors page, you know, and I'm putting it on all kind of stuff like that. There's no way that they would see WooFest anywhere else. No way in the world. 
Um, and uh, I'm, I'm telling you, I really think I'll have people that wouldn't have been here without the without the commercial. I'm thinking I'll have maybe two or three thousand people. I really do. I believe it, man. I mean, and I honestly going outside and I love hearing you talk about that. And I hope some like young race promoters or some up and coming race promoters or up and coming track operators take note because this is valuable, valuable information, in my opinion, because it is it's in those groups. Like if you pay attention to what Facebook's doing right now, they're the tip of the spear for Facebook are groups. I mean, they're running commercials on television, like primetime TV, promoting Facebook groups. I think if there is a Facebook groups are probably the strongest point of the Facebook platform right now. And you being like wise enough to go, you know what? I'm going to lean on this. I'm going to join a bunch of these groups, you know, ask, answer whatever questionnaire they have, you know, to join the group. But using right. those places to promote your, your race is super duper smart, man. My wife's in a group down here where we're at outside of Fort Worth, Texas. And I tell you, this Facebook group is like the pulse of the community. The Facebook dude. moms group. Yeah, Lisa's all over the moms group. If you're not in the local moms group, you're missing some major gossip. I'm on a I'm on a I'm on a freaking Aiken County yard sale group. That a boy. You'll probably Attaboy. get you'll probably get every single one of those people. That's the yeah. freaking play, it's, man. It really is. That's the is. play, Keith. And it's, that's how you get people that and jet, yeah. jet cars all here, help. All jet cars. Jet cars. Everybody that calls me from getting my name off of the uh, commercial or off the flyer or whatnot, uh, immediately, one of the first questions is, what day's the cars going to be? You know, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, it'll be Saturday. And a bunch of them's like, man, we've never even been to a racetrack. We're coming there to see this. I'm like, come on, brother. So, I'm telling you guys, jet cars, awesome. another yep. thing people yeah. sleep on because they, <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, I think I want to have a jet car race. I'm very passionate well, about this. I think we that. should have a big time that. jet car race. Let's do it together. Next. I want to do like a right. winner take all, like invite only jet car shootout. I really yep. think World that it Jet would Car be Nationals. Like the Jet Car Nationals. <laughs> yeah. Do it at like yeah. a cool yeah. facility and do the whole thing just like we would for World Door Slammer Nationals, draw names out of a hat. And because it would be people that would, be, would lose their minds. That would be bananas. I already, already had that idea. As soon, my, as soon as my jet car people get here, I was gonna talk to them about that. And then uh you heard that I've got uh I had these two nitro uh funny cars. Hit me up today on a message through a group of motions. They're like, hey, can we come and uh, and race Saturday? And I'm like, yes, yes, you can. So I got I got two freaking nice let me can I let me tell you real quick. And this is I don't know who these people are, and I'm, I apologize in advance if I piss somebody off with what I'm about to say. Don't run them like before the semifinals. Like, wait till the race is over or whatever important stuff you have. Like, not that they're not, but we just. Hey, man, you put Nitro and Nostalgia together on a Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, one of those things are going to are almost certain to burst into flames uh, immediately, you know, as soon as they like hit the pedal. So I don't know who they are. Yeah. Hopefully it's some time. That's a real downer. No, it's hilarious, dude. I think it's so funny yeah, because it's, you get that all the time, though. Like, if you, discouraging. If, yeah, no, man. I'm just saying it's true. This don't guy. run them. Don't run them before the semis or whatever. Like, it's just funny you because it you happens all said, the hey, time. Hey, Keith, you're doing. Hey, Keith, you're doing a great job. You're gonna have massive failure at your race. No, I'm just. <laughs> Mike knows what I'm saying. That is exactly what it's you true. Said. And you can't run. Don't run those jet cars before no. your finals either. Don't run them before the final either. Oh, they're going, no, yeah, saying. they're going. And what's, what's so cool about the jet cars, I don't, 
if you haven't been to the House of Hook Carolina Dragway, and I don't know if you have or not, but the starting line, um, there's a there's a road that goes like it's like 50 foot from the starting line. So um, I was talking to Jimmy O. What'd you say? Track a manager, boat? And it, What'd you say? No, a road. A road. Oh, road. 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 No, I don't have any boats here, but um, they're going to be blasting their, you know, their jet blast is going to be right on the county road. And uh, <laughs> he's like, we we should get the state patrol out there uh, for that. And I'm like, no, we shouldn't. Like, no, no, I hope people's in, I hope people's backed up waiting to get in here and they're getting blasted by that shit. <laughs> we had a jet van should've, out in front of the PRI party. Uh, yeah, what, we got in trouble for that. Yeah, we did. The cops, man, that's a great video, though. It is a great that video. That guy just pulled up and just was like, hey, you want to clear these guys out, JT? I'm like, why? And then, man, he fires the thing out. I'm like, what is the, what is going on? You know, like, oh, and I'm like trying God. to creep back, you know, into the crowd. Like, I have nothing to do with this. Yeah. Well, and then when the cops show up and want to talk to somebody in charge, and uh, first and foremost, it's like, hey, man, you realize that this place is way past code. Like, there's no, uh, you're way beyond code. And like, we need to leave or we're going to have to shut this place down. We're not trying to be like party poopers. And secondly, why is there a jet car out front? Like, there's a van with a jet engine in it. Did you know? And I'm like, I had heard rumor that we were going to have a jet car show up at the party, but I didn't know for sure. So I couldn't really, you know, what do you want me to do? And the cop just looked at me like I had three heads, like, Kind of closed his eyes and left. So he was getting ready to hit the car. afterburner, and this it must have been a must have been an Uber pulled up, you know, in yeah. an SUV, you know, That's real awesome. nice, like new new Tahoe or something. I'm like, go, go, go. do not stop, <laughs> do not stop here, man, do not stop, man. Yeah, ours, it's gonna be it's gonna be a bit of a circus, I guess. Um, by design, like controlled I think. chaos. Yes, um, I think it's man. We're gonna break every house of hook attendance record they've ever had but that's my goal this is just man i think that's a fantastic goal it's a it's an iconic spot we talk all the time about how drag racing plays better right on uh on certain at certain venues and carolina dragway the house of hook man that place just drag racing fits it well i one of my favorite things is that the the burnout box is like slightly uphill there it's a couple of tracks like that in the country union grove wisconsin's like that and i just Love. We have a John Four the Third, one of our longtime senior photographers at Drag Illustrated. He's shot right. ten million photos at this uh, Carolina Dragway, and I always yeah, love he's seeing like a small terror car. You know what I mean? Coming up that hill, burning out, coming up the stuff. hill. Is that not the sweetest thing ever? It's awesome, it's, it's, man. It's, I love it. It is. It's, I really it's like you just coming out of a, coming out of a cave or something. I don't know. It's just cool. Something about it. Do you miss that, Keith? Nope. Doing burnouts. Oh yeah, I'd miss doing burnouts, but I don't. I miss the racing, but two, you know, this I get my feel off these two races, which I think my I sent. Uh, I think I sent it to you. I know I sent it to JT. I think my stock's going up. I've got I've got other racetracks uh, hitting me up, wanting me uh, to expand the the Woo Promotions deal and do let's other. Get, races hey, let's give it up countries. for it. Yeah, let's give it up. Yeah. Woo woo. That's, that's pretty cool, dude. That yeah, is cool, man, and you deserve me, it. So. Yeah. 
No, so it's. I don't uh, know if I want to fool with it, but. <laughs> well, I will tell you this: that I've talked to people out like that are kind of operate like hovering around our industry, looking at it and like examining the things that are happening, and uh, like right. from a business perspective. And one of the issues that I hear is that there aren't enough like big races. Like there's not. Right. You know what I mean? There's not enough. Obviously, you've got the NHRA, but like let's just slide that over because it's it's like kind of. I don't know what the word is. It's just like standardized and they already have like all their pieces in place. Right. But when you look beyond that, there's really not that many big standalone drag races that I mean, our sport needs more of them. So I get it. And I hope, I mean, listen, I think you've done a great job with what, uh, I mean, it's not been that long ago that you were just getting this whole thing started. I remember you calling and telling me like, I might put on a drag race next year. Yeah. Hold on. We got a, I got a, Uh I got a surprise. Yeah. It's gotta be good. Let's see if I can slide it around there. I'm crashing the party there, Wes. <laughs> hey, buddy. What's going on, man? <laughs> Pretty good, man. What's happening with y'all? Uh, how excited are you for the race this weekend? I'm at that, that nervous stage right now, and I'm just ready to get going. <laughs> but, uh, it is I love going an honest answer. Off the damn chain. It is do you, it did tell are, me are you feeling that? I am. I mean, it's like, you know, I did Donald's race for so many years, and it's like you get to that point, it's like, Okay, let's just start racing because it's going to happen one way or the other. You know, so that's where I'm at. So if, if we're successful as that is, we'll be good. Holy cow. I mean, that's I mean, that's like shooting the moon right there. I mean, I think the whole world knows how successful Donald Long's events uh, have been historically. And if you can get on that uh, on that wavelength here this weekend, you're, you're doing something right, you guys. Well, we're happy for you. We're excited. We can't wait to see how this whole deal shakes out. And personally, I'm glad that it's not like, connected to i mean this isn't you know i don't mean to like get this whole conversation started but i'm glad that you've got all these variety of classes you know you're not can you know you're the whole show is not built around radial versus the world or one you've done a great job oh, of kind know. of spreading the wealth around getting some killer categories involved the no time scene supports you guys in a big big way and i think bringing in like yeah. the exhibition stuff is going to guarantee that you've got a hell of a show I, i'm excited for you man i think you guys have done a lot of things right uh, maybe all of them yeah yeah I mean, I hope so. I mean, Keith's Keith put a lot of effort into this thing, you know, as, as we have. And like you said, it's every night's a different show. So it's not all wrapped around the one one big thing, you know. Right. So each night kind of stands on its own. And uh, it's just something different. I mean, it's been it's been a few years since we've had, like, jet cars and stuff like that here at Carolina Dragway. So we're looking forward to that. And, I mean, we get phone calls all the time. It's crazy. I got a phone call this afternoon or a text message on our Facebook page wanting to know, uh, I'm, I'm introducing my grandson to drag racing and when are y'all going to have like some nitro funny cars and top fuel cars and stuff like that? Well, I mean, it's you know, a small track like that. We really don't do that anymore, you know? And then here two hours later, I get a phone call from the nostalgia funny car guys wanting if they can come test every night. That's so awesome. there you go. It all That's just awesome. kind of dropped right into place. So call that guy back and say, Hey, bring your kid out here next you know, Saturday night. We're going to go. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be. A it's good awesome, team. man. I mean, how big, how, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I hope our viewers are, uh, pay attention because Carolina Dragway is notorious in our world for small tire racing, grudge racing, no time events. Um, you guys are known for some of the biggest no time grudge happenings on the planet earth. How many of those do, do, does that group, does that, uh, do those, those fans, do those racers, do they come out and support events like this that are more organized? I mean, do you think you'll have some of your regular uh, guys that come out on a Thursday night or whatever for a grudge shootout? Will they come support an event like this? Yeah, I think a lot of them will. Now, you know, one thing we got going is another event going close to us this weekend. 
but so that's going to take a few of them away that's that's kind of committed to that and i mean it's a good thing i mean it's fine i'm good with that everybody needs to make a little piece of it but uh a lot of our guys will be here and you know our thursday night crowd it's like yeah they don't come to a to a bracket race they don't come right. to some of those you know the, the more organized stuff but with this deal the way we've got it going with grudge racing every night you know we're doing a record thursday night show and then Friday's the same thing with, you know, just a different a different main event, but it's still road racing. And then Saturday's kind of the same thing, but that's the bigger night with your your, your our pro mod match race with with Jeff and, and Chris and then the, the jet cars and the funny cars that's now come on board. So, you know, I think we'll still get a lot of that. Uh, and, you know, they still come. They'll be here Thursday night regardless, you know, testing to get ready to go to the other deal they're doing, you know, uh, you're a few miles away. So. Man, we're excited for you guys, and uh, we're wishing you nothing but the best this weekend. Good weather, sunny skies, and uh, a long line of people trying to get in that place. You guys be safe this weekend. God bless you. Good luck. Tell Keith the same. Hey, one, hey, one last thing. Love you, big dog. So I'm here. Hey, one last thing, if I can. Yeah. Yeah, of next course. Year, if, if, <laughs> next year for this one, if you and uh, JT and, and Mike will come out, late night Wendy's is on me, big guy. Oh, I knew he was going to get it in there. He was going there. I knew it. Unbelievable. <laughs> Kick him off. Him <laughs> Love you, Keith. JT, you knew that was coming. Jerk. Oh, my God. All right. Well, hey, I want to ask you this. I think Keith made a good point and something that's interesting to me. Mike, you lived a little bit of this, lived the match racing craze. Do you think that's something that could come back? Just curious, like, because I'm, I think it already is on the way back. And in fact, I, I had too. a long conversation with Scott Palmer at Charlotte. He's kind of on a mission to bring it back as far Good. as these exhibition vehicles, like what he's got the, the nitro pro mod deal. Uh, I think it's something that's missing in our I current program. Like you talked about, there aren't enough big races. Everything's gone to the eliminator format. I think there's a hole that pro mod match racing I mean, any match type, race, anything, pro stock, uh, alcohol, funny cars. I think there's room to match race almost anything. Cause here's, I think about it from like the track owner perspective, man, it's hard to put up enough money. That's going to like pay good qualifying, pay good round money, pay good winner, runner up money, man. It's just extremely difficult. But if you could say, Hey, I've got whatever it is, let's just use round numbers, 20 grand to put toward an exhibition this weekend. I mean, I venture to say that you could get some pretty heavy hitting pro mod cars or whatever. You pay each of them 10 grand. Hey, we're going to do a best two out of three. We're going to promote the holy hell out of this. I, I think our sport's missing it bad. I mean, I'm like, listen, the Texas Stampede of Speed is coming up in a couple of weeks yep. at Texas Motorplex. Our buddies at, uh, at the Motorplex are putting this on, Andy Carter and company. And I honestly, they've got racing going on every single night that's of the week, which I'm like, totally like wound up like a physic woodpecker over but i'm not even excited about the national event like that's great don't get me wrong i want to watch like stevie fast jackson driving phil Schuler's shadow 2.0 is grudge racing on on monday night against bubba stanton mississippi's own bubba stanton two of the baddest outlaw door cars on the planet earth no rules undisclosed amount of money on the line then tuesday night uh, Stevie fast Jackson's going to run Frankie Taylor for like 10 grand or a nice pot, like a significant amount of money. There's another race that's going on Wednesday 
I believe, I don't know if the race is actually locked in yet, but it's close. Brandon Pez, a Texas local, in an outlaw pro mod car going up against the Shadow and Stevie Fast Jackson. And I just, I'm more geeked out about those matchups. And I think to myself, if too. someone was like really promoting these things the way they deserve to be promoted, that's more exciting than any complete yeah. race by a hey, lot. I'm coming in and going to be there for the week, and I'm leaving on Thursday. Does What's that, that tells, If that tells you anything. I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to people like to, you know, take what we say a little bit out of context. Like I'm not downplaying the NHRA national event and it'll be fantastic. But our point, I believe, speaking for the three of us, is that there's definitely room in our industry for some freaking match racing. Well, that's like, the, yeah, that's the unique part of it. And that's what more of these tracks need to do. There's Scott Palmer there's right Scott, there, what's up, the Scott? man, the myth, the legend. This is one of the coolest human beings alive on the yes, planet Earth. Absolutely. And he, he is driving the bus he is. on this movement. I told and him I, that. I told him I, that this weekend. And we need more people need more like that. We need, and that that's what I was going to say. That's what's missing. It are the people like Scott Palmer, Stevie Jackson, Frankie Taylor, and the list goes on, these street outlaw guys that are willing to go do this stuff and to not race on a absolutely perfect track or you know, race at a at a little local eighth mile. Or late at night. Back right? that thing I mean, down. Mm -hmm. Back that back that thing down and put a put on a good show. And that's what used to be done. And then we have would, almost yeah. let competition mm -hmm. get in the way of like the growth of our sport. You know what I mean? Like we need to be more aggressive and more excited about and more committed to putting on a show that's going to bring fans out time and time again. I'm hoping this, like, this, this uh, stampede deal really just pops off and me this sets a new standard where other tracks are looking at doing this. And this becomes a pretty regular deal. I think it could be hugely successful. I got to not you, lead like, up the, the week of your national event with something like this. Why not? And especially like I think about it from a, a couple of different perspectives, but like if I'm a local track, like or like maybe somewhere in around here, like how cool would it be? And I don't know that we could ever make this happen, but like you've got uh, you know, a match race going on at Extreme Raceway Park, just down the road, a little eighth mile facility, beautiful, beautiful place down here in Texas. They're having something. And then I just think that there's ways that all these events can kind of work together and leverage one another and take advantage of different opportunities. And I, I mean, that's a bit of a stretch, multiple facilities working together, but like giving these tracks or excuse me, these racers places to go make a little bit of money, not have to lean on their stuff, not have to kick the rods out of it. You know what I mean? Like not have to run it that hard. That's how you funded your operation and how you funded to maybe go to a national event and turn, turn it up, turn the wick up. The track was going to be good. It was going to be good air. Maybe you're going to Rockingham in the fall, but you made your money at the local tracks on weeknights during the summer. I mean, and I mean, that's, look at, that's how you used to do it. Look at boxing, right? right? I mean, I've thought about this a lot. What is the, what's our version of this celebrity boxing trend? I mean, basically, if you're a YouTuber, you can get like a freaking heavyweight boxing match any night of the week for like a billion dollars. So I've thought to myself, <laughs> if they can do that with a bunch of like blithering idiots that have no experience what they're doing, right? Like climbing into a ring to fight each other, like there's no reason if adequately prop promoted and the story told the way that it could be told, you cannot tell me you couldn't sell a pay-per-view to, I think we could sell a pay-per-view right now, Stevie Fast Jackson versus Frankie Taylor. We could yeah. literally put them on a boxing poster, nose to nose, promote the two different cars, a Camaro versus a Corvette to, mo to promote an East Coast guy versus a Texas guy, all these different things, a living legend versus, you know, someone who's building a legend right now. Um, the driver of the fastest eighth mile door slammer in the history of the known universe, Frankie Taylor, right, going up against this two-time NHRA Pro Mod champion. If you can't turn that 
make that exciting and tell a tale that would get people invested in that, you're doing this deal wrong. And I just, I get frustrated because all of our events, I look at the issues that the NHRA is having, right? Like they're having with car count and participation, man, we need to, if we don't have quantity, like let's go all in on the guys that we have. Let's start developing some storylines and growing these matchups and I don't know. It just feels like that's where our industry is kind of headed because there's just not the inventory of cars. There's just not enough cars. There's not enough top legit top fuel dragsters. There's not enough legit funny cars to go fill up fields at 24 NHRA or even 22 NHRA national events. And I think the only way we reverse that trend is start creating these match racing opportunities for the Joey Hosses of the world, the Josh Hart's of the world, right? All the Cameron Ferrays of the world, the Terry Haddocks of the world, the Scott Palmers of the world that don't have buku dollars that need a place to be able to go race, you know, and, and get paid a little bit of money, get paid some show up money, not have to, like I said, set a record, run 369 in the thousand foot. I mean, that this that's an economy that needs to exist in our sport in a big way, man. And I think, to your point, Michael, I think they're headed that direction. I think, I think so. the Motorplex is going to make uh, make some noise with this event. I know I'm excited. Who's he going to run in that Nitro car, Mike? Did he tell you at uh, ZMAX? Um, I can't think he, of his name. Is it JR? Yeah. Um, uh, if Scott's still here, jump in here and tell us. He yeah. was hitting me with so much info. I told him, hey, man, <laughs> save, save some of that. We want to interview you when we get down there yeah. uh, and do like a video deal or do something because he gave me so many he gave me so many good sound bites. I wish I had my recorder going. Dude, some of these guys, Scott's probably, he may be one of the best. Like when he was talking to me about the NHRA's React J.R. J- Sandland. J.R. Sandland, yeah. yeah. So those two cars, when he was telling me about uh, racing that Nitro car, he was like, look, it's not safe. There's nothing I can do that's going to make this safe. Yeah, and he's like, fully fine with that. He's acknowledged <laughs> that. Like, like listen, guys. Safe. We can talk about this all you want, but we cannot make it safe. It's a right. fucking 11,000 horsepower nitro engine in a door car. It's not safe, you know? And uh, I just think that his willingness to own it, he's a big fan of Evil Knievel, and that's who he reminds me of. He's got, he he has a lot of Evil Knievel. He's got, he doesn't know that he's got swagger, <laughs> but he's got swagger. Like, right. I don't think he's like a forward swag guy that's like wearing like a gold chain and you know what I mean? Like, whatever but he's got like this confidence about him it's pretty incredible man i'm so excited for that deal again i'm more excited about all that stuff than i don't care what they do for the national event i really don't i mean i i may not go are you leaving i'm being really dramatic now but yeah i'm leaving thursday yeah i may not go jt you should probably now i'm gonna have to have you come down here because your boyfriend jackson is come is gonna race (laughs) i'm sure stevie would feel all sorts of weird about himself um if you didn't show up and support him, <laughs> pat him on his back. The ultimate Stevie Jackson oh, fan man. right here on the show. Murder. I was. What? I, lo- I love. I, yeah. Well, I am. Yeah. Oh, okay. But but, but I, I love the old shadow, you know, like. Oh, yeah. Because it's like a ghetto Mustang. Is that why? Yeah. Yeah. I had a ghetto Mustang for a while, but I got rid of it. I know. I couldn't be seen driving it. That was the problem. You I loved it, dude. You, I do. You, I like you, you drove it more than you did your Corvette, which I, yeah. I, I kind of, it kind of cracked me up. It was pretty funny. A lot of people gave me a hard time about it. I, I thought it was, it was just. Cause you dogged on Mustangs for so long. And then, then you fell in yeah. love with one. Like, well, I kept caught you out back hugging on that, on that thing yeah. up over the quarter panel. You know, I'd like, I can get my leg up on the hatch. I could, um, but it's no, no, I couldn't. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it's uh, what I liked about the Mustang was I didn't care about breaking it. 
That was the main thing. Like, I just didn't care. Like, I thought to myself, if I kick the rods out of this thing, I'm just going to put the title in the glove box and leave the keys in it. Like, just whoever wants it, it's yours. I'm out. Hey, look, Sam wants to room with you, JT. He, yeah. he, he clearly doesn't have all the intel on rooming with JT. We'll, <laughs> we'll talk to you about that, Sam. Questionable decision. Questionable decision. Rooming that that could be a whole, whole show in itself. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well, i thought you guys were gonna pull it out of me my my captain chaos story but i don't think we've got time in our last no we, we better no we better save that yeah and i don't yeah. know if my wife's still watching i want to make sure i don't know that if anybody would be okay with you telling that story we'd have to yeah. clear we need waivers from like 14 different people before we tell that story yeah i have I, there's a handful of people that would need to sign like non-disclosure agreements or right. whatever or like just agree not to sue me right. uh, sounds like yeah. a saturday night for me no <laughs> So I'm telling you, man, I, I, I've, I am so excited for the Koretskis because this is the type of stuff that keeps, and I'm, this is like selfishly saying this, this is the type of stuff that keeps Kenny Koretsky spending millions of dollars on drag racing for the next several years. Typically, I don't know what the exact math is, but we could probably sort it out. One Wally equals like five years of burning money. Like if you can win one NHRA Pro Class Wally, you are going to spend yourself silly for the next five years trying to win another one. It's much like gambling. Like right. they say the, the worst thing that can happen to somebody is like them winning a bunch of money on a slot machine because you'll spend the money you won times 10 trying to win again. And I think that's the exact same thing that happens with high level drag racers. You win one. Right. And now you have got to do whatever it takes to win another. And that's a good thing for the sport of drag racing. That means we're going to see Kenny Koretsky at a lot of these events. We're going to see Kyle, you know, doubling down, headed into 2022. I'm sure we'll see him back competing for a championship. It's just a great thing for the sport of drag racing, man. It's exciting. What was your guys' high of the show as we close here? I got a really nice text message from Dave Schroeder. Uh, I love it when guys like appreciate and and are excited about coming like to be a on great show. Yeah, it does, man. Like I just want to go talk to him for a while. Yeah, you I want know? To hang out with him. Like, how does like, he stay me... garage, 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 garage? I love that. Yeah, I'm gonna switch to that. It's gonna take a little bit of practice, but I think oh, I'm gonna Lord. switch to the Canadian pronunciation of garage, garage. <laughs> Jeez, I can't wait. I just got yeah, actually dude, a... chill. You could tell he's like zen, like he's yeah, he's just like focused and. Nothing was like perfect for the drag week deal. Like, uh, this thing's blowing up. I mean, we got to make it, you know, to this next stop. This thing's blowing up. Let's go take a nap and then we'll check it out later. Whenever <laughs> we get back out. Right. Yeah. I don't think you could get a rise out of that cat. You know, Kid chaos, uh, 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 doing, putting work in. Yeah. You know, that was pretty cool too. You know, I love when he gave us like the, the view, yeah. right. The point yeah. of view camera, when he switched to that, I'm going, Oh yeah. That was, we, we, we have an OSHA approved show. Right. Just in yeah. case. I filled out the paper wondering. Program. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, lots of forms, but I filled it out. Um, what else do we have? I think Tommy was on a. I would have Tommy loved was, was I just, I just Tommy. Hey, yeah. I, I I talked to him and I told Tommy that we want him to come back on the show in in a week or two. You know, like yeah. the next couple of weeks, like have him back on. We'll just make sure the we'll just test it out before make sure the connection's good next time. I think it's. I mean, and that's what we'll we'll have you do. I think I was thinking it's, about that today. Like 20, as this and, thing continues to grow. Here's the thing: in 2021, internet is not as great as we think it is in 2021. <laughs> like the the Biden administration is on this thing. Like we got to get better broadband access, and I think that we can all get behind that after we see. Some <laughs> it of might this. be the only thing that we can support, but it's right. like, yeah, we uh, probably we, we all, need to. We get just run around internet. with these phones, like just thinking we're gonna have like full 
awesome service everywhere and the internet works perfect. And then it's not like, where I'm it's, from. It's very difficult, man. It's harder than it looks, right? It you is, gotta, man. And you think about two weeks ago when we had Tim Wilkerson on here, like right. if we would have had that interview on like, you know, Erica Ender's connection that she had and like a Mac, I thought to myself, like maybe we should just come up with like a little kit that we mail to people. Yeah. I mean, like if we line, if we knew the guests we were going to have on Monday, which we've been doing, I'll make a tinfoil hat and, uh, no, I, got, I mean I got like this. I get a this. Bluetooth, no. not a Bluetooth, <laughs> but get like a USB or a USB C, uh, webcam that we know is like 1080p, you know, and like, Hey, we're going to send this to you. Follow this thing. I don't know. Cause I mean, especially as that this continues probably to be grow, a whole, whole more can of, or a maybe, whole maybe can of worms that you'd have to deal with. It is crazy though that the that so many folks don't have like a great internet connection or well, don't you have, have to make that. sure your, all your change is in your left pocket Man, and then you I, have to been, double knot your right shoe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's this whole there's like this chart that shows that America is like almost dead last in internet speed. Is that like, real? It, like yeah, like cellular and broadband. Like it's actually a thing. Like they've been trying for years to like expand. What about those spaceship things that uh, Elon Musk? Or, yeah, uh, we need. Yeah, something. what's that? Somebody help us out. We need. We need better internet here in in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, I want to see Murder Tundra in a tinfoil hat too. Wouldn't be the first time. Wire and that, Kevin Stevenson <laughs> staying wireless hotspot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what everybody's supposed to be asking us questions. I don't know that anybody really asked any questions this time around. Um, everybody, throw in some questions if you have them. We got a minute and like fifty seconds to to answer them before we shut this bad boy down. Huge shout out to our friends at Stroud Safety again, Elite HP. Thanks for the support. Thanks for being a part of this deal. Um, yeah, Scott Malpas is pretty much exactly right. Shipping is a pretty significant risk right now. Um, yeah, we'd have them on like two weeks after the scheduled date. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah so yeah. true. And everybody would be pointing their fingers at each other. You know, we don't no, do I, anything. I sent it. No, I didn't we don't get do it. anything yeah. last minute. We would be so far ahead. We would have them their phone <laughs> way far. Oh, wait. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think last minute works well. It I really does. do. It looks like, good on you. It looks good on me. Uh, you know, and if you have to do it all in advance, I don't know. I think everybody's chaos. Chaos had some crisp video. Yeah. His, what kind of loader. phone did he have? I don't know, but the, they must have some good cell service. Where, uh, oh. what, 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 uh, what's the city, the town that he said, Philadelphia, Philly. Is, is it Philly? It's a little town. It's oh, a little, little town at. outside there. Well, they, they got it going on out there. They clearly do, man. Cause he literally looked like I could reach out and touch him. I'm <laughs> right. going, we need you send your phone to everybody. Bouncing around. What man. I've been telling everybody is, hey, they'll be like, hey, man, how's it? How do I get on this show? Like, or how do I do it? And I'm like, do you have an iPhone? Because if they do, it's pretty easy, right? I mean, it's, you know, I think it's when people try to use the other thing we're contending with is when people are trying to like prop their phone up. You, you know what I mean? Like on something. We, we're going to have to, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to grow. I got a text question. This doesn't, okay. Um, Doug Winters, NHRA Pro Mod Superstar. Had What's a good up, weekend in, uh, in Carolina this past week. Saw Doug uh, out there. The NHRA Carolina. In Doug, a great guy. Yeah, man, happy to awesome. your birthday to your brother. I'm like a week late. Um, happy belated he, birthday. Doug, Doug put up a great photo on Facebook. I think that's point. what he's texting me about. Oh, okay. About the size of his car oh versus gosh, a late model right. Camaro. Uh, Is there a pretty way for me to get this on the screen? Hold pretty on. shocking, actually. He said, Let I got to get me one of those. Don't get you one of those, Doug. No, don't do it. <laughs> All right, here don't we go. I'm going to show place. this is the picture that Doug just sent me. I'm throwing it in. Uh, so everybody's going to get some little here. I'll add this right now. Hold on. Download. This is worth seeing. JT, you're going to freak out about this. This is pretty insane. Look at this. Look at this photo, guys. 
Look how much smaller Stevie's car is that late model Camaro than that Doug than Doug Winter's '69 Chevelle. It could like fit it's half the size. Golly, that's bonkers. I've been using bonkers a lot. I'm trying to make bonkers happen. Um, but it really is incredible. I mean, JT, are you paying attention to this? Yeah. Like that Camaro of Stevie Fast Jackson's is literally two thirds the size of that of that Chevelle. Now, in all fairness, it is back a little bit well, further, yeah, but like Jericho's car you is back a little bit further story. than Doug's. And you can still go back and you Sorry. can still see Jericho's car is back a little bit further than Doug's. And you can still see how much bigger it is. And then look at over the 69 Camaro over there. I think that's uh, Eric Latino. Oh, I think you're and, right. 68 and look Camaro. at. Is it yeah, because it's, 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 it's farther back. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's still, still it's bigger. big. Yeah. Wow, man! I just here's the thing: what Doug's text to me, and it, and we need to have Doug on the show here sometime soon because he's actually extremely well spoken and does a great job with interviews and stuff. And he's actually, if you think about it, there's very few pro mod guys that have like stood the test of time like Doug Winters, right? I mean, in fairness, uh, he's been doing this for a hot minute, and he's been doing it with sponsors pretty much the whole way, like full on promo girls outside the wrapped, box, sponsor, outside Hooters, the box sponsors. Yeah, now he's got the uh, Steinar. He said, he did the, you see my Facebook deal? post? Look how small the Camaro looks beside the Chevelles. Uh, when was the last race that something other than a Camaro won an NHRA race, including 68, 69s, et cetera? That's a good question. We should uh, have our statistician, Josh Jeffrey Hatchett. Jeffrey Barker won with a well, Camry. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a stretch. Um, but, I mean, he's making a fair point, right? I mean, that's a significant issue. I mean, we talk about the things that would drive the match race thing. I will be the first to admit, I don't think the cars always matter. But if you don't have drivers that are super forward and super personal and, like, personable and want to, like, develop a character, you need the car to be – you need the this car is, to it's stand a, out. It's a huge problem, man. I mean, I think back to the early Pro Mod days, the the promoter centered the whole deal around – We've got the soft seal 57 Chevy. We've got the mega Ford. We've got Christine, a Plymouth. Uh, we've got, uh, I mean, Dude, on down the line. To I where, couldn't agree more. And, and then you had the late model cars mixed in with them too. You've got to have that, uh, that variety. variety, that variety. And then even the funny cars back in the match race, funny car days. Remember how different those cars oh, looked? Oh my gosh. Yeah. All the different body styles that they had to where everything is, is so uh what's the word streamlined now or whatever yeah i mean and it's another example of where our sports gotten so determined to be you know make the fastest runs and be the most whatever most aerodynamic it's just like this ongoing and this is a, a stretch i admit but it's like this selling of your soul on set, right? yeah, the willies. I forgot about the yeah, willies. I mean, you Man. keep you keep moving forward, and it's all great, and it's a fantastic thing. We all want to see the cars quicker and faster, but when it comes at the the cost of like the entertainment value and all the things that make us unique and different as a sport, I just don't. I think it's counterproductive, man. But uh, what a show today, guys! Great time. Thank you all uh, for being a part of this. I surely appreciate it. It's been a fun one, man. We've had a lot of great commentary. I appreciate all you guys checking in. Michael Gunter is the door slammer nationals happening in 2022. Um, perhaps probably not in the, in the, what's the word? Not in the, not in the format it has in the past. Yeah. Don't these bodies have to go through tech? Yes. Water bug. They have to go through tech, but there's not yeah. like a body. There's well, not I mean, like it's, a body rules. In it's NHRA not, Pro Mod necessarily. Stevie's not cheating or anything. I mean, it's legal. That's what the problem is. 
that is the problem. And I think that it's tough too, because how do you give them, like how much of an advantage would you have to give a nostalgia bodied car to get someone like Stevie Fast Jackson or Mike Castellana or whomever uh, to build one of those? Because I think it would have to be a lot. I mean, a yeah, lot, lot. It would. It would. Uh-huh. You definitely would have to. Again, like we say, whenever you're going to make one of those changes, go over center. That's exactly <laughs> right. That. I said. I said, go over center and make it to where some these people are clamoring to build to build uh, the nostalgia body styles. And then same pull thing back with a the, little bit. Same thing time. with the new combinations. If you can introduce a new combination, knock that thing way down and let them work on it over time. That worked with the turbo deal. It did. Yeah. I mean, and it, it, it had its moments, but it felt like it was that combination. The, the lifespan of it was extended greatly mm-hmm. because of that whole thing. Right. I mean, I think it's important. Whatever. Well, hey, guys, thank you all so much uh, for tuning in. Seriously, up, each Tommy? and every one of you guys. Oh, you're, you're clicking it. Right oh, you're clicking it. I'm clicking it, JT. Y'all, t- y'all. Do, uh, the, if you ever see like, that happening, that's me yeah. and JT fighting over yeah. it. Yeah, it happens, man. I uh, I don't mind it too much. I uh, I just want to tell everybody, thank you guys for being a part of this. We really do. This is so much fun for us every week. Having all of you chime in here and tell us how you feel and what you think makes all the difference in the world. We look forward to seeing you next Wednesday, 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the Drag Illustrated YouTube channel and Facebook page. Remember, we do cut downs of this show. We take every little interview, turn them into clips, hot takes, what have you. You can find all that stuff on the Drag Illustrated YouTube page. Check us out. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Makes a big difference to us. Kind of warms my heart, and I appreciate it. Happy birthday to my wife yesterday. When does a racer go from the person? You know, yeah. I agree. Great question from Curtis Thomas. I think probably one of our all-star viewers. I'm giving Dude, out an yeah. award today. Yeah. Top number one viewer. Every week we're giving a shout out. Curtis Thomas. This guy, when does it, a racer go from pursuit of week. speed to being an entertainer? From the beginning, 16 years old with their first car to top level racing. Curtis gives us incredible commentary every single Wednesday. Thank you so much. And remember, we'll talk about you next week if you want to be the one that's going to kind of steer the ship for the week. Thank you guys all for being a part of it. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. See you guys. Later.